Hello everybody and welcome to Volume 9, Issue 409 of the Cane and Rinse podcast. And today we're going to be talking about Yakuza 0. Joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue are Charlotte Cutts. Hello. Leah Haydu. Nani. And Richard Davison. Hello. Welcome all. So, we decided to start at the beginning of the story rather than the beginning of the games chronologically. This was recommended by a large number of people. We'll discuss our histories with the game and the franchise and find out where this lands for us. But at least for me, it was the first one that I've actually played properly. And it seems to be that generally people are very happy with, I mean, fans of the series are happy with how this prequel turned out in terms of how it mainly leads quite neatly and smoothly and authentically without retconning too much into the main existing Yakuza story i think there's one or two elements that people weren't quite so sure about but overall it seems to set up everything from yakuza one the original onwards quite neatly as i understand but maybe people will have a take on that uh what is yakuza well uh in japan it's called ryuga gotoku and this installment is called that zero chikai no basho which means like a dragon the place of the vow and i think this is my <laughs> we've we've had a discussion on our Slack channel trying to decide what genre yakuza is. It's most of them. Um <laughs> and I've gone with a third person crime fiction melodrama absurdist romance bromance soap opera RPG brawler with mini games. There is also a shooter section. I had forgotten about this until Yeah, Virtua <laughs> Cop. Good point. I I sort of include that in the mini games because it's That's only fair. a one-off yes. thing, but yes, it is there is a section that is essentially an homage to another sega uh, ip of the past and this is well was the sixth main line entry in the series even though it is the chronological prequel set in the late 80s it is of course developed by ryuga gotoku studio and there are a reasonably large i would say 916 staff credited on this game and i was always under the impression that the although these games are large and ambitious and have tons to them i always thought they were made quite modestly and i think there are certain elements of the game which betray that in terms of the way that cutscenes are sometimes delivered and things like that but actually that's quite a i mean i don't know what the average is anymore for a video game but 916 seems like quite a large amount of people uh, Sega publishes this game and some say that the sort of the forebearers of this game were the Shenmue games, uh, even though this is uh, this was the creation of Toshihiro Nagoshi, the man behind things like uh, Monkey Ball, rather than uh, Yu Suzuki, who was, of course, the virtual fighter and then the Shenmue man. But actually, uh, the director of this game is Kazuki Hoskawa who previously was an artist and animator for Panzer Dragoon Saga, a much-loved Saturn cult classic, Jet Set Radio, a much-loved cult Dreamcast classic, and Gun Valkyrie, a much-loved Xbox classic. Uh, and he's ended up working as a director on the Yakuza series. Toshihiro Nagoshi, his only credit on the game, although it sounds very important, is executive director, which I don't know about you guys, but I always think that means normally it's a pretty hands-off kind of thing that's the impression that i get but i i 
first of all, I don't know if that's really true or not. And second of all, it probably varies between studios and even probably between games as to how much mm, input an executive director true. would have. Yeah. And, and when people talk about Yakuza, and even when people have talked to me about this game, and even I've done it, I've said, obviously, this game has a great billiards or pool set of games because it's by the guy who was responsible for Super Monkey Ball, which had a great pool mini game on, <laughs> on the GameCube versions. And a lot of this stuff is legacy, of course, because much of the stuff that's in Yakuza 0 is carried over uh, wholesale from earlier entries. So I suppose it's by its nature, it's going to have Nagoshi's stamp all over it and the fact that it is a continuation of his creation, his series. But how much how much input he has on this particular game, I guess we can only ever speculate. The designer is Koji Yoshida, and one more member of staff that I just wanted to highlight because of his extraordinary CV uh, is programmer Yutaka Ito. And the CV goes all the way back to Sega coin-ops. It's mostly Sega, but not all Sega. Going back to Fighting Vipers and Fighters Megamix as a programmer back in the 90s, Fighters Megamix, obviously the Saturn rather than a coin-op. But he also worked he's worked seemingly for a number of different developers because he worked on Ridge Racer Type 4 for Namco as a coder and Ridge Racer 5. He started with the Yakuza series on the second one, programming the adventure mode in 2006, but he's also worked on F-Zero GX with Nagoshi and Luminez and the Gran Turismo series and Demon's Souls for From Software. So this guy, I assume, is some kind of programming god? in japan because he's worked on all of these absolutely amazing franchises and also mario party island tour it's an <laughs> interesting my, uh, spread <laughs> which my niece really likes uh so the writer is masayoshi yokiyama and the composer is Hidnori shoji who again goes a long way back with sega franchises including touring car championship the arcade fighting vipers 2 as well arcade and dreamcast and super monkey ball and f-zero gx with nagoshi san one point of order on the music front so people who have played this will have heard the music on boot up a number of times in the west you're getting some originally composed music but in the uh Japanese version, you get uh, licensed music. Shonan no Kaze, a band, I think, uh, performed the game's main theme, Bubble, and ending theme, Kurenai, and these were not licensed for the English release, replaced by those instrumental tracks. Well, I, have, I haven't heard the, uh, the licensed tracks, although I, I might look them up, but uh, I have, you, yeah. you would lose out on the sick guitar riffs that you get. <laughs> Uh, notably in the in the opening theme, which I, different, I enjoy. <laughs> different, yeah. different sick guitar riffs. Okay. Yeah, That's sure. I mean, I've I've been playing a lot of the different entries to the Cusa series for the past f few months. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've heard a lot of um, intro, mu intro music since I played Yakuza 0, and I can still remember the Yakuza 0 entry music just off the top of my head without having mm -hmm. to go to YouTube, so... Yeah, it's punchy. It, uh, it it leaps straight out at you for sure. Uh, but yes, we've actually, I think we've featured at least one of those Japanese tracks on Sound of Play, our music podcast, possibly both. Uh, they've certainly been requested uh, from fans of that. So yeah, definitely worth say, checking I out. I might from... actually have brought one of those on a Sound of Play. You I'm may not, have done. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm 75%. Um, 
worth checking out for yeah. completionists. And I've always thought, and I know this is, you know, kind of a hipster thing, but I do think that the, the Yakuza title is, it's very clean and easy and it's understandable, but I think Like a Dragon is kind of more evocative. Um, and in fact, although our main protagonist and protagonists in this game are sometime Yakuza, they're not always Yakuza and they certainly don't act like it a lot of the time. So it kind of makes sense to me that it, um, but obviously the Western title is just easy, easy to grasp and understand. Whereas the Japanese one is typically a bit more esoteric. The game came out on PlayStation 3, first of all, back in March 2015. This is a five-year-old game we're covering. And uh, it also arrived on PS4 at the same time in Japan, um, because that's the, the place we're at. Then we waited two years until almost until January 2017 for the worldwide release of the PS4 version. And the PC version followed another year and a half later, August 2018. And we've just... We didn't even know this, I don't think, when we planned this show. Maybe I had an inkling, but uh, the Xbox One version is now out as of 26 February this year, 2020, and it's on Game Pass as well. So if you have that subscription, you can indeed play along with the show, but it would be time to turn off before we spoil the whole thing. Also, a free accompanying game application for the Vita titled uh, Ryuga Gotoku Zero free-to-play application for PlayStation Vita was released in Japan in February 2015. Um, but I guess that wouldn't be a lot of use to a non-Japanese speaker, reader. Reviews-wise, the game did uh, typically well for the series. I would say Open Critic has it averaging 86%. User reviews wise from people who played it and enjoyed it, definitely enjoyed it. Push Square have 8.8 .8 out of 10 and IMDb has 9 out of 10. Sales wise, as of June 2015, so obviously this was soon after release, the game sold over half a million copies within Japan and Chinese speaking regions of Asia. Sega president Haruki Satomi stated that the Chinese version of the game sold more than originally expected. Well, that's good to know. And the game temporarily sold out in the UK after launch due to supply demand issues, as in it sold more than they were expecting. I guess since then, although we don't have numbers, having have the game having arrived on Steam and uh, Xbox One as well, who knows how many people have actually downloaded and played it now. Maybe Sega do. Right, but our history. So, Charlotte, you said you've been playing these games. You've been chaining them. Like back to back, and in what order? And is this is your whole uh, discovery of the series and and this run of games a recent thing, or is this a return to them? Sort of a return, but also kind of very new in the sense yeah. that um, I first played Yakuza Five when it was a PS Plus release, the PS Three. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I got really into it. Um. Mm. Without going into too much detail, because maybe sometime we will do Yakuza 5. In a few years, maybe. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed uh, Kiryu's section, but when it came to the In the Wilderness sort of second section of the game, I really struggled to keep on with it. And a good chunk of that was that I just didn't really appreciate the whole context of the story, and I found it quite boring because I didn't sure. know the history. Right. Um, a similar thing happened with Yakuza Kiwami. So that was also a PS Plus release at some point, and I played that. And um, that was also in part because I just chose the wrong difficulty. So I went into it on normal difficulty, and um, the first uh, 
oh, I'm blanking, but the the first big fight um, mm-hmm. with the sumo wrestler type guy. I'm I'm sorry, I should know his name. It's um, okay. There's a lot of names to remember across even just this one entry, let alone the whole series. Yes. Um, I could not defeat him for the life of me, so I just put the game down and didn't come back to it. Um, but I knew this was coming up for Kane and Rince, and as everybody experiences after Christmas, you have a bit of spare cash and you also have the sales are on, on, on the PlayStation Store. So I decided to finally pick up Yakuza 0 because I thought that would be the one that would hook me. And as we're going to talk about, that was right. And now I'm like playing through all of them <laughs> sequentially. I see. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yes, it's great that they are all available. I think they are coming to Xbox One uh, bit by bit. You can certainly mm-hmm. get several of them on PC now, I think. Yeah. And you can get the whole lot, including Kiwami 1 and 2 and the remasters of 3, 4 and 4. Five, I think on PS4 so mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's, I just bought it's that <laughs> right nice yeah, yeah. so if um, you want to get stuck in it's all there yeah I, th- I think just to wrap it up it's a bit of a weird one that I've got so hooked on the series because um it there's sort of similarities going on a little bit in terms of like the, the subject matter and the way the story unfolds to maybe a Grand Theft Auto game obviously the mini game stuff is just way above anything that you would see in a Grand Theft Auto game but you would think that there'd be sort of some sort of linking between interests in those two types of games. And I can't say mm-hmm. I've ever been particularly that interested in Grand Theft Auto, but I did play Sleeping Dogs and I thought that was excellent. So um, it's sort of like if I really liked Sleeping Dogs back a few years ago, why did I not try to stick further with y- Yakuza? Because there's a lot of parallels between yeah those two stories. and Yeah, yeah that felt like a Western sort of incarnation of a, of a Yakuza game to me, even as somebody who'd only ever played a little tiny bit of Yakuza at that point. I think we'll probably talk more about this when we do y- uh, Kiwami or Yakuza 1 later in the year. But I think it's also important to note that this series was uh, highly influenced by uh, Beat Takeshi and his friendship with Toshihiro Nagoshi and as such a bunch of films that he's made now Beat Takeshi is, is a person worth looking up and checking out some of his films. But he has a background in comedy, but he went on to make these uh, crime movies, basically, but crime movies with a heart and with violence and comedy in equal measure. And it seems that this is a, like Yakuza, the first game was a very much a used that, that sort of, what's the word? Formula? Formula? Good word. Uh, as some kind of launching platform. So I don't know if any of you... I'm not I'm I wouldn't say I'm particularly well versed in his films but I am aware of them and I've I've seen one or two and I'm not especially uh, but um I I will say uh, just as kind of a side note that I believe he actually plays one of the main characters in Yakuza mm. 6. Yeah. I think that's correct. Yeah, yes. I got my um I got my copy of Yakuza 6 in the post literally today and he's on the back cover. Ooh, <laughs> exciting. <laughs> So, yeah, that's very nice. Uh, obviously, we're seeing more of that, although the whole using actual actors likenesses in games goes back a long, long way. But it's uh, it's coming back in vogue now with Death Stranding and, and this. So that's cool. Leah, what's your history with this game and the franchise as a whole? So I, I didn't really have much of a history with the, the franchise before Yakuza 0 came out. And I'm not sure why, because it's entirely my jam, and it kind of always mm. has been. So I, I don't really know why the series itself kind of escaped me. But I did pick up um, Yakuza 0 at launch and played very close after that. 
And um, yeah, I, I had kind of a, a very similar t reaction to uh, to Charlotte. I, I just kind of fell in love with it and have been uh, starting to go through the rest of the series. I haven't gotten through all of them yet, uh, but I, I I really just have uh, have have wanted to do that just to go through all of the the entire series i was kind of sort of waiting because there's been rumors of the uh, the remasters of three four and five coming out for pretty much since uh since two uh they they've been in japan and you know people have been saying oh they're gonna come out over in the west and but never really i i, I never at least heard anything really solid up until fairly recently but now that those three are uh, are all available on the ps4 as well it's uh it's very exciting for me because i like to get sunk into a uh, a good series how much have you played this one uh whew, okay so i played at <laughs> launch uh and um i don't know maybe spent 40 hours or so uh so something along those lines i didn't do all of the side stuff no. um but uh but but a fair amount of it this time um mm -hmm. i i wasn't really intending to do what i what i have ended up doing i i just kind of intended to uh you know go through the main story and maybe do whatever of the side stuff was in my path on the along the way um but i'm i i did not look at my game clock um before I got on here, but I, I actually stopped playing the real estate mini game to come on the podcast. So, um, and I, I want to say that I'm probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 hours right now um, no, not, on this not, playthrough. That's not insane because you, no. I mean, definitely to get the platinum and to get 100% completion, you're looking at probably at least half as much again. Maybe I would say so. Yeah. I, I yeah. I'm not I'm not necessarily intending to go for the platinum. Um yeah. what I am doing is I did uh I'm I'm in uh on this playthrough I'm I think on like chapter thirteen or fourteen, but uh in my last um we we didn't really mention it, but you do uh flip between two protagonists, so you do two chapters with, with Kiryu and uh two chapters with Majima and it just goes back and forth. Um in my last uh Majima section I um I got my quest object or my, my main story objective, you know, go find this person and uh, and proceed with the story. And then I promptly spent 10 hours grooming hostesses in the hostess minigame. So yeah. uh, I finished that. Um, I, I have all the clubs now, um, but I'm still working on uh, the equivalent in Kiryu's story, which is the real estate development. So, uh, yes. Still, we'll get uh, more into those later. Don't worry. Yes. Don't worry. Don't oh, yes. worry, listener. But, uh, but yeah, so I... I felt what what I'm getting at is that I fell very hard into the uh, the side stuff and the mini games this time around, even though I didn't really intend to. Um, so I will probably be spending uh, another decent chunk of time uh, after the recording um, mm -hmm. finishing all that up as well. Nice. Yeah, I did see a screenshot of somebody who's platinum the whole lot on PlayStation Four the the whole series, uh, which is that's a lot of yakuza. That is a lot. Yes. Yeah. Now, Rich, I know you also ended up spending a lot of time on the Hostess Club management. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Among many things. So my history with Yakuza, uh, 2009, Yakuza 3, one of my friends bought that, I guess, and, and I was around at his house watching him, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever, watching a man in slacks with a, a dragon tattoo dropkick another man off the side of a, a helipad, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it all seemed like something that I'd come to. With Yakuza 0, I think that felt like the natural jumping on point because there was always an issue with kind of uh, 
accessibility like how do you get into that series as a as a british person um when you watching any of the promotional material for any yakuza game the sizzle reel kind of makes the game seem a lot more appealing than i actually found it um we'll probably get into some of my feelings about uh, how i found the story and how i found the actual gameplay itself as we go along there but doing some mental arithmetic um about my length of time in the game, I want to say probably somewhere between the region of 70 and 80 hours, which seems like a lot. But when you consider that you're doing uh, Kiryu's real estate management, there's a lot of idle time in there where you're actually doing very little. Yeah, so it, it's probably comparable to, to what Leah's got uh, on the timeline. I went to actually do a new game plus in preparation for this particular playthrough. I got about half an hour in, turned it off, uninstalled it, and then refused to play any more of it. Okay. Uh, not not to spoil your summary at the end, <laughs> um, but yeah, we may have a mixed a mixed bag of opinions in this one. My history with Yakuza, well, I was interested from the beginning, the mid two thousands, when the first game came out on PS two, but I didn't get round to buying it or playing it. Ended up uh, not buying it actually for PS two until some years later. I think well into the PS three era, possibly picked it up in a second hand shop and loaded it up and had a little look and then got distracted by a million other things. I remember going around to Jay's, our Jay editor, sometime in about 2009, and I think, I believe he'd actually imported Yakuza 3, and he was playing it with the help of his Japanese wife, Kai, and I remember him telling me that he just thought it was so cool, but even he hasn't kind of, I don't, I'm not sure he, I can't remember if he, I think he played the predecessors, but I don't think he kind of, I don't, I'm not sure that he's kept up with the series since. Does it have a photo mode? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure they even added that into the PC game. I don't so. think they did, no. You're not, well, you the way can that, take screenshots, and I did take a lot of screenshots, yeah, but. I think the way the world is built, it wouldn't lend itself to no, a probably not. camera mode, because I think if you started moving the camera around, you'd get to see all the, all the, cheat cheating bits basically that uh the fact that it's not actually a very large area and lots of it's kind of blocked off and stuff anyway um so yeah i was always intending to start from the beginning then i heard kiwami was coming and i thought well that'll be a, an easier more accessible and slightly better looking way of playing the original rather than this old ps2 copy i've got and i picked that up on digital at some point waiting for a ideal moment perhaps say a Kaderin's podcast but then zero happened uh possibly i guess zero was already actually known of certainly in japan when kiwami came out this is the confusion but it then became apparent lots lots of fans of the series were saying, oh, start with Zero, start with Zero. It's easier than starting with Kiwami because Kiwami betrays its 15 years in age in some ways and Zero has more to do in it and it sets up the story and the characters for the rest of the series. So, so many people said that, that uh, that's what I decided to do. And it's it was in discussion for years on... Uh, it was part of the discussion about a Kane and Rinse show coming up. So it made sense that we started with Zero and we're going to cover the first game as well, Kiwami, later in the year. But no more than that, because trying to play one of these a month, unless you're Charlotte, uh, seems like a crazy idea. <laughs> when, when when Leon says in discussion, what he means is me typing Yakuza in caps lock on the Slack a lot. That's true. Was this your nomination? Uh, no, it wasn't actually. No. Uh, it was no. when we were talking about what series we wanted to do. This was my, uh, this yeah, was my okay. suggestion. But maybe I, it maybe it sunk in somewhere. Good, I good. tried to pretend that there's no influence. Don't but. don't encourage me. <laughs> maybe there was, no, but also yeah, and a uh, good excuse for me to finally get on board. 
as I have. Uh, so yes, I've played this for 50 hours, completed the story, of course, uh, entirely on normal difficulty, never dropped it, quite pleased to say, and played probably, I mean, my completion percentage is probably something like 30 something percent. But in terms of this, that's because of all the stuff that you have to do to get that up. However, my sub story completion is probably around 50 percent. So not too bad. Definitely a lot more could be done. But uh, but I feel like 50 hours and the whole story is sufficient. This is a spoiler alert. If you've not played this game before, I would recommend avoiding this podcast until you have if you intend to. Although having said that, it is a prequel. So if you've played any of the other games in the series, it doesn't necessarily like everything in it is already kind of known as such. So it's up to you. First forum post of the show, PLQC says, as I assume was the case for many Westerners, it's the title. It's this title that got me into the Yakuza series. I'm now playing through the whole saga one game at a time. I'd heard of, uh, I'd heard of the Yakuza series before, but I'd always assumed it was another GTA ripoff. We'll be hearing this a lot, uh, but in a Japanese setting, boy, was I wrong. What I found instead was an evolution of the beat em up genre peppered with an insane amount of absurdity and humor. Yakuza Zero is also a lesson in open world design, in my opinion. Instead of a large open world full of busy work and chores, it opts for a very small playground, but one that is full of characters and personality. Soon enough, Camaracho feels like a second home although one populated by random thugs begging to get their faces smashed on the concrete. Yakuza 0 is, in my opinion, a masterpiece for anyone open to its brand of absurdity. Something that I, I really like about the series uh, that, that this made me think of, uh, and again, I haven't played through all of the games, so I, I don't know, no. um, but uh, is that Kamurocho pretty much stays the same it, structurally. Sorry, in in most of the game and, and there are you know other uh places that you go other scenarios but that's the main place that you are going to be in and i, I mean if you look at the map i mean just having watched some gameplay videos and things uh it it i i know my way around kamarocho pretty well and yeah. i would also know my way around kamarocho pretty well if i went into another one of the games and started running around the map which i think is cool I mean, things things do change, like the empty lot becomes the Millennium Tower, and sure. sort of like hostess clubs change about, and uh, in 3, there's a very weird massage parlor minigame that's not in the earlier ones, but the, the fundamental running around the streets remains the same, and it's really nice that the more Yakuza you play, whether it's within one game or whether it's over multiple, you start to memorize mm -hmm. where to go, roughly, to see various things. It changes in the way a city would change. Over mm, exactly very organically yeah mm. yeah and I, th I get the impression from people who have played multiple games in this series that it's both a blessing and a curse in that it's lovely to be so familiar with the place and to have actual nostalgia and affection and connections to places but also there does come a point where if you have played five in a row say you are a bit like yeah i kind of I, I almost know this map too well mm. Yeah, I think I can agree with that. I, I put on um, Kiwami uh, straight away after finishing Yakuza mm, 0 and instantly found it was the exact same map. And I was like, yeah, I, I need a break here. It's not actually that big of an environment as well. So it's sort no. of my initial instinct was, well, how are we going to squeeze another 50 hour story out of this one small area? It's probably a bit of a naive way to go about it, but um, I, I yeah, need like a break any, in between the two of them. 
like any conurbation, it's about the people in it rather than the actual pavements and shop frontages and whatever Unless else, you're I buying suppose. up the uh, the real estate, yeah. in which case. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, if you're, if you're Leah, you just <laughs> own it all. Not um, yet, but I'm working on it. No. And, uh, and as Zero Punctuation pointed out, to find out which buildings you can buy, you have to basically run up and down streets smearing your face up against them to yeah, find that out. that is accurate. Like- I, was, I was looking because you... <laughs> In the real estate mini, it, it, well, for both of them, because in uh, in the Hostess mini game, you get sponsorships mm-hmm. from different places, um, and y- you can you can look at lists of which places in each area you have already bought or paid off or whatever. And I, this is what I was doing right be- immediately before the show. As a matter of fact, was uh, I, I was missing one property in a, in a particular area, and I was just running up and down the streets trying to so throwing money the fa- in the air to yeah. to get rid of the people who were trying to beat me up while I was doing it, and just trying to yeah that that could be that could be signposted a little better. Yeah, I will agree with that. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. This this 2015 game sometimes acting like it's still the 2005 game mm. from which it was spawned. I suppose. Um, and yeah, just some quirks and curios, more of which I also wanted to include this piece of correspondence before we got further in, because while this game and this series absolutely has its passionate devotees, there are also people for who it just does not click at all. Lil Kitano from the forum says, with my love for Japanese cinema and Yakuza 6, so like the previous entry in the series. I surprisingly could not find the patience to stick with Yakuza 0. I say previous entry, that's actually a subsequent entry, isn't it? Yeah. I think 6 came out after 0 in Japan. Mm -hmm. Continuing, Lil Kitano says, Despite glossy visuals and impressive cutscenes, it was obvious that the engine supporting the mainline game was dated. The slower and less dynamic world was a far cry away from Yakuza 6's, the newer entry in first and the first Yakuza I played, fluid and richly built slice-of-life gangster simulator. The fighting could not hold my attention, and the god-awful old man that kept popping up to give me tutorials was borderline coma-inducing. Since then, it has remained uninstalled, and I have no inclination to go back and finish it. So that's possibly a warning against playing the, so far, one and only game that was developed for the PS4 generation. (laughs) Is that right? I think Um, that... I, I, I... We sh- I should actually probably look this up. Sorry, Judgment Jay, and, and Judge Eyes is also PS4, I think, rather than PS3. But are there others? Uh, K- well, I believe Kiwami uses the same engine that Zero did. And then Kiwami 2 yeah. uses the same engine as uh, 6. Mm. Sure. But those games both still retain a lot of the mid-2000s-ness about them as it is. So, I guess it depends on what design- you're what your yeah. issue with it is yeah sure. it, it, yeah definitely in and, design i'm just talking about the engine itself right 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 and i mean to me um what because i've just finished playing kiwami 2 about two weeks ago that i had the opposite reaction i thought kiwami mm-hmm. 2 looked too new and and ah. sort of too i don't know how to not uncanny valley but just i don't know i liked that yakuza 0 looked a little bit dated and it yeah. obviously looked like it was originally for the ps3 I, I can't really explain why but i just liked that aesthetic whereas the two i eventually grew to love kiwami 2 but it mm. took a little while for me to get adjusted to it interesting one of the things that kind of betrays this age for me is the fact that and, and it is a it is a sort of urban area so you would expect this but there's absolutely well not absolutely but there's very little verticality towards any of the well, either Sotenbury or Kamachiro. And you so it's three like a, or four stair 
Yeah. No, <laughs> well, there it is. Yeah. yeah. But it it feels kind of dated in that sense. I mean, I, I don't suppose there's a solution around that. This is built upon what is a traditional urban area, but um, you see it a lot more in like Yakuza Six and some of the sizzle reel footage that's there. Mm. There are a couple of pieces, set pieces, where you end up on a roof, but you never see yourself getting there. So yeah, I, I, again, I think yeah, tra- tracing this engine and this locale back through the generations to the mid two thousand, the PS two, I think, and and I, and I suspect also, I think one of the things I was talking about the size of the development team at the start, I get the impression that although these games are popular and end up selling reasonably well, and obviously they keep making them, I'm not sure that the development budget is as massive as as it perhaps could be for a game with so much in it. Yeah. yeah Again, I agree. be speculation, I think, but I always have a, a sort of some consideration there for perhaps there's something that's stopping them from changing it too much. So obviously the reuse of certain assets in certain locations, maybe that is too like changing. That would be to the detriment of the core audience. Yeah. Hugely expensive as well. To, I mean, yeah. that's, yeah, that's you know, saved, saved <laughs> quite a lot of uh, time and money right there. And you've got to bear in mind that unlike your GTA, I mean, I think there's a Yakuza online game, but none of the games have right. considerable multiplayer elements to them no. or, in, in the sense of online multiplayer. Yes, you can, of course, play uh, dancing games together and things like that, but it's not quite yet. Yeah, it's not like GTA online or something like that, for sure. Let's talk about the scenario and the script and the localization and the regional variations. Uh, Western localization of the game is led by... Scott Strickart, associate producer of Atlas USA, who have localized Yakuza Kiwami, Kiwami 2 and Yakuza 6. The team took a year and a half to localize Yakuza 0, which has 1.8 million Japanese characters, nearly twice as many as the average JRPG, which has 1 to 1.2 million Japanese characters. In addition to challenges translating tone and humour, Strickart's team Atlas had difficulties localising traditional Asian games, including Mahjong and Shoggy. In order to make these minigames accessible to Western audiences, Atlas had to provide detailed rules alongside gameplay. During the localization process, Strickart and the team wrote a total of 34 pages of Mahjong explanation. It's according to the Yakuza wiki. I'm sorry it was wasted on me because I didn't get into either Mahjong or Shoggy. I didn't um, either, actually. <laughs> I'm sure they're cool, no uh, but there's so much else to do. Uh, but the fact that I'm, I, I understand, and again, I haven't done my research on the other games in the series yet. I understand that there have been elements that have been removed from the Western releases in the past. Some of them due to cultural differences, uh, some, sometimes due to wanting a certain age rating, and sometimes, yeah, just due to lack of perceived interest or knowledge of something. Here, everything's in. So the stuff that has been quotes in inverted commas, censored before is in, and also stuff like these really oddly named dice games, gambling pastimes, and also, yeah, Mahjong and Shoggy, which are pretty niche. Although, to be fair, you don't have... To, I don't think you ever actually have to play either one of them. No, you don't. Um, which, there, which I mean, there, is, yeah. A lot of time, a lot of the... Well, maybe not even a lot, considering how many there uh, there actually are. Sometimes you will have a uh, kind of an introductory, you need to do this once type of thing. Um, I think the karaoke is is an example of that. You oh, do, yeah. You do There's have to do that bit. once very yeah. early on in the story. But uh, even after that, you know, you don't really have to do anything else after that if you don't want to. I did get into the karaoke and the dancing. 
Um, and I did some of the bowling so that I could get the chicken as a, um, whose name is Nugget. You get, you get a chicken <laughs> named Nugget. Um, but y- you can get that as part of the real estate, uh, mini game. He, he becomes one of your employees, yeah. uh, but you have to do the bowling to get that. So I did enough bowling to get the chicken and I sound like a completely insane person when I am describing <laughs> this, but, uh, and also yeah. the bowling is also like the amazing monkey bowling from, uh, from super monkey ball. Mm. So worth spending some time with um can i just say to to talk a little bit about the localization please um, yes so i um it's something that's pretty close to my heart because that's the field i'm currently working in mm-hmm. and i did a talk in november on machine translation and i talked about games localization a bit even though that's not what my job is in yeah. specifically and i gave the yakuza series as an example of games localization done really really well i think I don't know if I'd like the series as much as I do if the localization work wasn't so on point. Yeah, I it agree. Just, it, the humor of it is so great and it's just so well matched. It sort of, it, it makes you understand what's going on without removing the the sort of, you know, the background that it's set in Japan, which has historically been a very difficult thing for games localization to achieve. So yeah, and, and if you see the social media of the, the people who are involved in the localization, they love this series and they want to really do well by it. And it's just it's just great to see localization done so well. Woof. Okay. So um, <laughs> I think what's fascinating about this is, and I don't have any evidence here to support it, I always have the sense that they're sort of pairing back certain elements of it. So like not to dive way too far, way too early into this, there's 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 a sort of salaciousness about the sub-stories of uh, Yakuza 0 that almost feels a bit coy and a little bit kind of... Um, bit scuzzy, bit sleazy. Yeah, like mm-hmm. glib in places. And I, I'd love to have a chat with some of the translators to say, like, was there a conscious effort to kind of pull back from a, from certain components of this that may be either illegal or completely morally, rep- morally reprehensible in, in Western culture? So they've, they've definitely captured the, like, the essence of some of the kind of nuances of Japanese culture. But I, I wonder if the Japanese version of the game actually went a lot further in depth and committed a lot more to some of those sort of cultural stereotypes that we're not getting in the Western release. You know, I it's- wonder, because I, I kind of get the impression that similar teams, uh, and what I'm thinking of is is something that um, that people, th- that, that was the case with Judgment, which was the same team, uh, and a game that came out uh, mid to late last year, um, mm. to where, for example, one of the characters in the game was represented by a an actor who was in I, I think it was drug trouble uh something very yeah. um mm. arrested and, for and, cocaine use I yes and and was removed from the game as a result of that so mm-hmm. i think that in some ways it it might even be uh, stricter's not quite the word that i want but uh the the priorities and the things that uh that that team might have found to be uh, objectionable or difficult to deal with might just be different types of things i i don't i don't know what I don't know how that really squares up with what you're saying necessarily, but um, I, I I would also be interested to hear whether they did any of that because it didn't read like that to me. My read was much closer to Charlotte's in that it's uh, I play a lot of Japanese games um, and I have seen localizations all over mm-hmm. the place. Some of them are very, very good like this. And the other, um, I, I, there were some Atlas team members, which doesn't surprise me because another mm-hmm. series that I can think of that uh, I find to be pretty good at, uh, as Charlotte was saying, um, making something palatable and understandable to Western audiences while not taking out 
the element of uh, of the story that lets you know that it is definitely set in Japan is the Persona series, and particularly Persona 3 and 4, so it's, and 5. Um, so I, I, I don't know, I, I, I guess all of that is just to say that I didn't really get the sense that they were holding back on much, if anything, and if they were, I wonder if they were also holding back on that in the original release, so as not to cause too much of an issue with audiences who might have um ideas about what should and should not be represented in their cultural uh products i would yeah. say um that almost every kind of critique of this game a positive critique i've seen would say that it would generally include lines about how how excellent they thought the localization was it's but I, funny I do too w- and that's hard like, well i yeah, do want for games writing to be funny the, what makes it such on the next level is that it's genuinely just got laugh out loud moments which mm-hmm. when you're taking from such a different culture into another one it's, it's so hard to achieve humor's a very subjective thing um yes no i would say uh, sure. I, I, I there were a couple of moments which made me laugh out loud but there were there were a, a lot more smirks but that's probably just me that tends to be how i react mm. to funny things um but I suppose what I was going to say about the localization is a lot of these critiques, positive critiques, which obviously, you know, bodes well for it, speaks well for it across the board. I wonder how many people there are who have, who speak both languages and who are very familiar with Western and Japanese mm. or Eastern Asian culture have kind of been aware of that. So I think a lot of the people we can say it's a great localization in that we enjoyed it, but we can't as the four of us are not Japanese language mm. experts or speakers, so we can't. We can't say how authentic a localization right. it is, yeah. but we can only say whether we enjoyed it or not. Um, but what we can obviously do is speak with some authority on what is there and that the the craft that's gone into localizing what we're presented with is is really good for the most part. Yeah, and I think there's been some lessons learned along the way. Obviously, the team who did, mm. without getting too off topic, the team who did the original Yakuza game for PS2, right. um, there was different attitudes around them. People didn't oh, yeah. want to read subtitles in games, which is why yeah. you had Mark Hamill voicing Goro dubbing. for some reason. That's right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, people, you know, Mark Hamill is now an international treasure, and rightly so, and he's been a, a, a much-loved voice actor since even before his Star Wars days. But I would... Personally, in the same way as I'm one of those people who always wants to watch a Studio Ghibli film with subtitles, even though the dubs are very good and sensitively done, I want to hear the original voices and read the words. Uh, I would be absolutely the same with this. And so I'm happy that Kiwami is yeah. is done that way, for example. Yeah. Similarly to uh, Ryu Gotoku Shin, which is Yakuza Kiwami, Released a year prior, most of the Japanese version of Yakuza 0 is blocked from recording using the share button on the PS4, whereas the Western version only has restrictions on the final chapter. Hmm. Curious. Retail copies of the Japanese version of Yakuza 0 come with a, get this, user manual, whereas the Western version only comes with a disc. Can I just mm. say, with the, the blocking Please. recording... Mm. Um, that seems to be a Sega Atlas thing because it they does. also did that with Persona 5. Yeah, they did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's curious. Uh, but culturally, for whatever reason, it seems to be that in the West we're just like, yeah, whatever, spoilers. Whereas in Japan, it's like sacred, sacrosanct. You can't do that. I don't know. So, yeah, we're in Tokyo, in Japan. And this is, as I say, in the timeline of the series, the first game set in December 1988, which is. I believe exactly two years after the original Shenmue was set. Two unlikely figures from the Yakuza world, Kazuma Kiryu of the Kanto region and Goro Majima of the Kansai region, have suddenly found themselves getting involved in the terrible events of the so-called 
empty lot dispute, which is the centerpiece of power struggle for all the dark organizations across Japan. That's the IMDB synopsis. While the Wikia has uh, Yakuza Zero, Zero is set in Japan's bubble era, a period of extremely high property prices in Japan during the second half of the 1980s. The game's two principal locations are Kamurocho, Tokyo and Sotenbori, Osaka. So the empty lot in this game acts as a kind of static MacGuffin. Although it later, as the story unfolds, becomes a mobile MacGuffin, but in the form of a human being. A blind young woman who has ended up unwittingly the owner of this empty lot, which really ties the city together, um, <laughs> according to every <laughs> organized crime. Uh, I mean, it is just a little it's a, I'm not sure. I, I guess there's a symbolism to it that the it is this little sc scrappy patch of land that's just a nothing empty lot, literally an empty lot in between all these buildings. It doesn't even look like there's room for a Millennium Tower. So I'm interested to see how that pans out i'm guessing they have to knock some stuff down around it as well uh, but we have we have our two protagonists which which as leah said we switch between every other chapter uh kiryu starts off in the yakuza but quickly elects to leave it and goromajima starts off it pr prior to the game as a yakuza but has already been kicked or well, tortured and had his eye put out and kicked out the Yakuza. So ironically, we have two protagonists, neither of which are currently in the Yakuza. And so the story unfolds across 17 chapters. And uh, you pretty much kind of, I mean, every to and fro happens. There are a million twists, so many extra characters come in and out. So I suppose the place to start really is with the two main characters. Uh, much loved by the fans of the series. Let's start with Kazuma Kiryu, uh, voiced, I believe, uh, in regularly, certainly in the modern games. I'm not sure if he was in the original Takaya Kuroda. I, I, I haven't looked that up yet, but um, I know he's certainly the regular voice for the modern modern games. So Kazuma, what do we think about him? Yeah, what's his what's his deal? I love him. Um, <laughs> he I, ge genuinely, he is one of he is one of my favorite protagonists in uh, in video games. Honestly, uh, why? He, because I feel like he is a genuinely good person underneath all of the I'm killing. See, and that's the thing is that this this goes a little beyond the uh, the, the character introductions, but um, so. Kiryu has uh, a a certain set of values that um at least at least nominally are shared by many of the uh the kind of yakuza members that we meet along the way and one of those is that killing people is very bad and very wrong mm. and leaving them with life-changing injuries from yeah, repeated exactly. head trauma is yeah. absolutely that's, fine. That's 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 what I was going to say <laughs> is that you know you wouldn't think it from the actual combat <laughs> in the games because there is some extra this game earns its m rating uh in the violence i think mm. um because a lot of the and i, I think there's actually a, a, an option that you can turn off some of the blood but i don't know how you can change you it yeah really yeah. turn off the curb stomping that literally happens no, right. mm. um yeah there's there's some extremely violent stuff in just random encounters um so i don't that's a little bit of a um, a, a 
an oddity uh, between how they speak about murder and how the actual game itself plays out. I think you have um, to take it as a kind of hyper real, remembering that this game is a kind of spiritual successor sure. to brawlers like Kunio-kun, and it's also the sort of offspring of these uh, movies where, and movies famously, the amount of people who would get basically, yeah, life-changing injuries, brain damage. I'm beating damage. up men by hitting them with motorcycles. Like, sure, <laughs> yeah. I, I think you have to sort of take it as a hyper-real sure. uh, interpretation of a situation rather than... Because actual street fights are really short, ugly things. Mm-hmm. And Lots of headlocks. Yeah, and, and people ending up in hospital and, yeah, th- there's this game has no time for that. It's about the spectacle, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but... To get back to uh, why I like Kiryu so much, sure. uh, he he has a set of principles that he he seems to pretty much stick to. Um, he he's loyal to his his surrogate father and his uh, you know kind of surrogate brother. He he just genuinely seems to be a person who will stop and help out. And maybe this is in part you know just me projecting onto him because it's the way that I played him as a character. But, you know, a person who will just stop and help out somebody on the street and will not be having a bunch of internal dialogue like, oh, God, why am I doing this? This is so stupid. I can't believe he just kind of rolls with it. And I really like that. He just what all this weird stuff that comes his way. He just he kind of takes it in stride and, you know, has generally something positive to say about it at the end. Um also, I I just I think that his fashion sense is fabulous, and um, I I, uh, I I appreciate that personally. You like him? We get I it. I do like we him. Get he's we great. Get um, yeah, I gotta say, I thought it's great like, that they all a, call him old man, even though he's what like 22, 23 he's twenty two, twenty three. Twenty in this game, I think. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I, <laughs> yeah I, um, exactly. Uh, I think that's partly by design. That I mean, that's an arguably a bit of a retrofit. I think because they probably would have had him a bit older in this game had they not already had to have the plot start in 1995 uh, for the precursor to the next game in the series and whatever. What I wanted to say was that when I first played that first bit of Yakuza and obviously I didn't give myself nearly enough time to, to spend any time with him, but I had the same feeling when I started this, which I was worried he was going to be deathly dull, a bit boring, a bit of a cold fish. And it did take me a lot of the game, a lot of hours with him before I actually warmed up to him a bit. It's a difficult, I found him a difficult person to get to know, to be honest. Well, when you put him up against Majima, it's, yeah. it, 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 I can see that for sure. Um, I, 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 given that I've spent so much time with both of the characters, maybe that's leading into it. I, I don't know if I felt that way right away. Um, but uh, yeah, what I will say, I, I, I don't want to move into Majima yet, but I will say that Majima has the best introduction of... <laughs> Um, that that I can personally think of, uh, yes. of, of almost any the, characters. But the uh, other thing I wanted to say about that was, again, before we get into Goro, is that he definitely has an arc. He's quite different yes. by the end of the game. Uh, I mean, vis- visually and personality-wise. Well, I guess Whereas, they have to. That one is something where they have to get him into a certain space before they sure. lead into uh, Kiwami or but Kiryu or does he he doesn't really d- despite all that happens he doesn't really change does he he's very mm. stoic I don't know I think when when it, well 
Zero does a really good job, I think, of explaining if if Kiryu spends all of these games hating the fact that he's associated with the Yakuza, how did he even get in that position in the first place? And yeah. it does sort of touch on why he joined the Yakuza and mm-hmm. um, builds up this arc of, you know, he followed his surrogate father and his surrogate father, even though, he, um, spoiler alert, potentially for later games, he was an assassin. He's still kind of, in a way, sort of a good character. Like, he's he's got multiple sides to him so mm-hmm. it sort of sets along this path of what how uh kiryu can be this contradiction of a good guy and yet a gangster it's mm. that thug with a heart of gold thing mm-hmm. right like it, it's not a new right. st- type uh archetype is is what i'm looking for there it's not a new archetype but it i i believe that it is executed well with kiryu mm. yeah i uh i think kiryu is a bit of a dullard i think um he very rarely expresses any kind of emotion or any kind of uh, moral compass when presented with some of the most kind of questionable motivations, especially in some of the sub stories. In fact, one of the only kind of ex- um, uh, expressions that he's able to kind of put forward is, is just kind of rage and anger. And it's something that I just found incredibly difficult to identify with because mm. I don't understand why he seems to be able to have no opinion on, I don't know, let's take, for example, the sale of... Uh, um, high school women's underwear and he's quite happy to <laughs> chastise them but without any real conviction he doesn't smile a lot his stock expression is furrowed brow um, he's a closed book I mean there's certain it's you know, arguably a, a cliche that us westerners have for eastern Asian people that they're inscrutable he sort of fulfills that role Um but I felt like, yeah, I had, I did have that initial impression. And Richard, you've actually spent more time with him than I have based on your playtime. But I did, I did warm to him. And I think some of the things that he says, certainly because the, I mean, the, the sub stories we'll get into, but a lot of them have these kind of almost like Saturday morning cartoon kind of, and the moral to this story was kind of thing at the end as the piano music plays. And, his are often quite, yeah, sort of quite generous of spirit, and he's um, very accepting. Mm. Yeah, he doesn't judge. At least yeah. you know he's, he's not in a kink shaming anybody. Either. There's no. a meme, isn't there, that, of that <laughs> that, that screenshot of him sort of saying, you know, it's not for us to decide what other people get a kick out of, kind of thing sexually. You know, it's um, I've seen that actually being, you know, being used, um, which you know isn't necessarily an attitude that we've we've seen in a lot of if, Japanese games before. So. That could certainly be viewed as as a positive thing. I agree that Kiryu is dull, but I think it serves a purpose. Uh, so if I, I I can just like, it, it's like in in Kiwami onwards, it, Kiryu is important because of the relationships he has, and and ba- mainly because of Haruka. And in Zero, Haruka's not even alive yet, but he works because he's the counterbalance to Goro. So he, I find him very like boring human porridge so to speak just mm. no opinion on anything really but because goro has such this he's not really mad mad or anything madcap in in zero for the most of the game but he's still up to all of these shenanigans and he's the lord of the night and it's sort of a really good balance i think i think they de- definitely tried to create this balance between wacky and sort of moralistic good if you know yeah, what that's I mean. a great point yeah i think um you know, I'm I'm being flippant about it. He's almost like a a silent protagonist, just with a lot of dialogue to go through. And um, mm-hmm. you know, he's there 
as a facsimile for the player itself. So, that, you know, I appreciate that. And, and it's not just rage, you know, he does get very excited when he has to answer telephones and he does get very um, animated <laughs> after he's been to the, uh, the softcore pornography. And when, the, when, when the karaoke really kicks off, I mean, that's, that was the bit that really, the, the first time I think I sort of realized how, you know, silly this game could be was when I think it was probably one of the early story driven scenes where you have to do the karaoke and, as the song progresses and it, it turns rather like a, a rock band game or something like that. Whereas the, 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 you know, the band kind of goes off into a, a sort of fantasy reverie and that happens in this. And suddenly you see your protagonist cracking a smile, wearing a silly costume, doing a ludicrous dance. Um, I mean, yeah, that's a whole kind of experience of in and of itself. Goro, meanwhile, so I knew very little about Goro. I must have seen that introduction from the first game and uh, and having rewatched it again in, in Kiwami, but it was a long time ago and it didn't leave a huge impression. Actually playing it straight away after the end of this game, it's a bit shocking just how awful he, Majima is to Kiryu, but we're not here to talk about that game yet. So Majima is introduced. Yeah, well, uh, tell us. You were going to say you you love it. You love it so much. You tell us about it, Leah. Uh, yeah. So when when you meet Majima in this game, uh, he is running a, a cabaret club, the Grand, and uh, you don't yet know why he is doing so. Uh, as it turns out, it is supposed to be his punishment. Um, but although it is not something that he is choosing to do because he wants to. He's still very good at it. And uh, one of the ways that he uh, that that he basically makes his reputation is by treating uh, everybody. Uh, the customer is king is what he says. So mm. the introduction and the, in fact, the tutorial for uh, for the battle style uh, for, for Majima's fighting uh, is you are set in uh, in this nightclub and a man is, is causing trouble. He's uh, he's. Um, you know, being inappropriate and, and is, uh, you know, just kind of being a jerk in general. And the introduction is Majima uh, basically making him make himself look like an idiot and uh, without ever really laying a finger on him uh, and just turning the entire situation around. And I, I, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was well done. And then he gets his hair cut like a lunatic by the end of the game. So it's a bowl is... cut and uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots of Gets it right on there and then he moves on to his new life. So it's fair, <laughs> fair to say that he is, yeah, a slightly more unpredictable force throughout the game. Obviously, although you're in control of him much of the time so that it doesn't make so much difference, but he has different fighting styles, which we'll talk about and so on. But I suppose the key thing that happens with him is that he... He's told to kill somebody, which he also, like Kiryu, isn't into, doesn't want to do it. He even less wants to do it when he finds out it's a young woman and a blind young woman at that, Makoto Makamura. And as the story progresses, it turns out that not only is uh, is she uh, cute and vulnerable in his mind, uh, she's also the most single most important person to most of the crime organisations in Japan. Um, and in the end, our kind of heroes sort of although they end up not literally coming together until a post credits cut scene uh, they end up kind of fighting for the same cause albeit on different battlegrounds um so yeah majima's arc involves falling in love effectively 
Yeah, I I guess I I I don't know that I really believed the love story thing, but I don't know really what other explanation there is, and that's something that one of the characters I don't it might be Sarah um asks or or maybe it's um uh Sagawa uh asks him later on it's like why are you even protecting this girl like I there's really no reason for you to be doing so are you in love with her no I don't know about that and yeah it just I I don't I don't know that I really bought that through the course of the story um but I'm I'm really interested to hear what Charlotte has to say because I know she's very into Majima so I bought the romance story but I'm thinking about it and I don't think that was really the point I think it's more the game is showing how the Yakuza life has sort of pushed Majima to be a complete loose cannon and not to you know be totally loyal to anybody because um he's been basically um what's the word he's been betrayed and sort of been asked to do such terrible things by the time it gets to Yakuza Kiwami that he really just is his own decides to just be his own man so for example the fact that um, he was somehow tortured and lost an eye through his associations and yet he was fighting to get back in and then that he has to get back in by murdering an innocent woman who's previously been sold into a sex gang so it's just it's just um it just shows the awful stuff that Majima had to go through to get to the point where he cuts all his hair off and just you know becomes sort of a bit unhinged (laughs) um and yeah it's it made me feel really sorry for him um i don't know yet from how much i've played of the series of like how he got into the uh, yakuza life in the first place but his early years were really troublesome like really Mm. turbulent more so than kiryu's i would say Mm. Um, and kiryu went through some terrible stuff as well Mm -hmm. Yeah, but in general, I thought um, Goro was a great character. He's my favorite character in the entire series um, so far. I'm aghast because I didn't at all pick up on any kind of affection between the two of them, certainly not on a sort of um, like a relationship sense. There's a couple of things that I just want to point out. Um, so uh, Makoto isn't blind. She's psychologically blind <laughs> okay. by some one reason or another. And I just rolled my eyes at that point because I was like, okay, look, let's yeah, see what we bit. can do to kind of Her sight comes back little. when her brother dies. Her brother dies. Uh, her, uh, her brother is the head of this uh, Tachibana uh, organization, which is another sort of pseudo, it's sort of a proper business, but not really. Uh, that is uh, trying to aid Kiryu in his plight. Uh, so yeah, it, it's all linked up through uh, Makomura. They're both half Chinese. Her real name is actually Xiao Kao, I think something like that. Um, and they talk about their experience of being hated in both Japan and China for being half and half. Um, yeah. yeah, I think the the other thing is that it, I, I believe it was Sarah. Either Sarah or one of the other lieutenants in the Tojo clan set uh, Goro up because he was never meant to assassinate her. They kind of knew that he wouldn't follow through with That's the actual thing. True, and the aim yeah. was to try and get some sense of like companionship between the two of them and have um, Makoto start to trust her so that she could sort of underhandedly acquire the deed for the the um, the property. Yes. In the end, she holds all the power, um, but she still, you know, she makes a gamble that was ex- extremely risky. Um, I guess what I wanted to say about Majima, yes, I did. I did like the fact that he was a loose cannon. Uh, I mean, it's always interesting when you're 
when you're playing a it's slightly different like i'm not one of those people who needs to have their protagonist in a film to be likable i there's a lot of films i love where everyone involved is just a scumbag um but i was i've been surprised by the amount of sort of affection for goro majima in the sense that he is awful at times like really awful i think um as well as he has those dashing moments and those heroic moments and and that um you know that like kiryu that will to help which obviously rather aids in the gameplay sense of you need a character who's willing to help to get involved in all these pointless otherwise side stories but this is a guy who he has this conversation with makoto about her in imprisonment her torture her rape and the fact that she yes psychologically goes blind okay which is which is a total plot conceit although i believe you know it's based in some kind of reality whether it would happen like that or not um and he says um he sort of sits there sort of listening seemingly very intently and they're kind of sharing because he's obviously had a a a period of a, a time of being imprisoned and tortured as well um and he says uh, and and then he sort of ends the scene by saying, you know what always makes me feel better when I'm down? Eating food. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> crass. And then... And he means well. There's there's more to it than that. But then he, also, come, he comes out... eating always makes me feel better. So you know. Sure, sure. But then he steps outside after that and says, bloody women. Like in so many <laughs> words. Like the fact that she got all upset about this thing and he's like, no. And, and I realise it's a character thing, but it's hard for me to be on side with him. Sorry, Charlotte. The, the thing is, it's like you, you see this a lot with other characters as well. A lot of the characters in Yakuza don't relate to women very well. And actually, I think that's kind of consistent with the characters because when you think of the Yakuza, it's a, it's a men's club sure. and they spend all their time. Like being in the Yakuza is a real commitment. You get your entire back tattooed in a culture where mm. small tattoos are taboo. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if you ha- have some sort of... Well, you see with Majima, if you if you have some sort of disagreement with somebody, you can get a finger chopped off or your eye gouged out. Mm-hmm. It's a real... So, like, being able to emotionally relate to a woman doesn't really come into it all that much. I don't know. It didn't I... strike me as out of place at all, really. I'm not saying it was out of character for him or, in, or that it ah, didn't okay. fit. I'm saying that it didn't make me like him very much like well what i will also say i i I joked that i that he means well but i i honestly this actually feels the more i think about it this actually does feel kind of realistic to me because i have been in relationships with people who when you are telling them you know you are having a serious discussion you get upset about something sometimes and this is this is true for men and women sometimes they just don't know what to do with that information. Like, how do you make it better? Cause you make someone a cup can... of tea, yeah. In the, yeah exactly. In the there's nothing yeah, you sure. can do to make her no. background better. Again, so, I completely yeah. get that. I, I'm totally with you on that. Um, and yes, actually, and again, as you said, this is a very, uh, you know, it's a, it's a masculine set game in the sense that it's mm. about this, this utter patriarchy. Yeah. It's so much of a patriarchy. There is no... There is there is nothing else other than secretaries and sex workers. Um, oh, there's the pleasure king. Uh, yeah, true, true. Um, and yes, no, I'm not saying it doesn't fit or it doesn't make sense for the time or the character or anything like that. What I'm saying is that it it the it's fact not a that he, breed, I get he that. was such an asshole in that moment, even if even if it makes sense, it meant that it's it took me longer to kind of rewarm to him after that. Because obviously, you know, I've been brought up by, you know, uh, bought, bought into his cool a little bit. 
and then yeah and then there's this and then there's the start of kiwami which i've just recently seen and i'm like oh no actually he is a dick <laughs> so we'll see where that goes um i'm not saying there's nothing to like about him but i'm i'm struggling to have that outpouring of affection for him that that others have but um there's a lot think, more <laughs> sorry go on no no you go I think that the reason people have affection for him is not because they see him as a, well, I can really only speak for myself, not because I see him as a, a, a bad guy with flashes of good or anything. I, it's, it's more the fact that he seems to take it less seriously than the other people Definitely. involved in the Yakuza. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like um, in, in Yakuza 0, um, the big bosses sort of, they're set apart by one of them's really into violence, one of them's really into the uh, monetary aspects of being in the Yakuza. And it's like Goro Majima's just in it for the hell of it on because he doesn't know what else to do with himself. <laughs> and it's just kind of, he, yeah, he yeah, really yeah. is the heart of the comic relief in the series in that respect. Certainly, um, certainly by the end of the game, that's there when he sort of descends and he, he undergoes that transformation. But I think just to Leon's point, one of the things that I struggled with was to what extent is there sort of prior knowledge that we need to have of some of these characters to be able to get it? Because mm -hmm. I didn't really develop any affection for Goro uh, during my playthrough, I recognise that he's obviously a very charismatic individual and his fighting styles and the way he cuts around and some of the conversations that he has reflect that. But having no prior knowledge of the series beforehand, I was always like of the opinion that there was something that was missing or some kind of knowledge that just wasn't there for me. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, and obviously it, it, it is curious because, yes, some of us are playing this at the start of our Yakuza adventure as as the prequel it is, but also it was released as the six or whatever it was and like 12th, including guidance and side stories and historical set and zombie incarnations or whatever. So there was, there was a lot that you could have potentially taken on board before. But I, again, I have to say, I think by the end, I, well, I thought I had a feel for both of the characters and I think, yeah, like almost with, with most stories, if, if a character's got enough to them, you can, the more time you spend, the more, kind of i find you can work them out you know get more empathy with them but but as i say the start of the the next game in the series chronologically kiwami i was a bit bemused by goro at the start of that but we'll we'll get into that next time jobo bonobo from the forum says a genuinely compelling story with a maze of twists and turns its protagonists are easily my favorite characters in gaming ever kiryu is a likable blend of machismo and compassion while Majima is a suave professional who is also an absolute madman. Neatly summed up. Uh, we need to talk about some of the other characters as well. Uh, I think probably those that left the, mo the greatest impression for me um, outside of the main characters would be the sort of the Yakuza villains, you know, the... Yeah, the lieutenants. The lieutenants, yeah. yeah. And and you spend a lot of time, I mean, you face off with Kuze a lot of times, Daisuku Kuze. So these are the characters that are very much modelled by uh, around their actors. Uh, in most cases, these are uh, experienced, but almost exclusively only known in Japan. But in this case, they've lent their likenesses as well. And in this game, you can see that, I mean, this is one of the things graphically I wanted to talk about the game. There are so many different kinds of face model in this game. It's kind of hilarious to me. So you've got Kiryu, who looks like he was designed for a PS2 game and has had a brush up, which is accurate. You've got some tertiary characters who look like NPCs from PS2 games. <laughs> and they, they, yeah. they suddenly, you know, you'll get some guy who's 
now got a talking part on a scene and his face looks like something from 15 years ago. And then you speak to Kuze or Awano Shibasawa and you're like, well, that looks like a human being almost like those are really good. You can see every pitted pore on their face. I was going to say the, the <laughs> grotesqueness of I've never seen acne so kind of powerfully represented in the game. They definitely did some person. some skin textures. They, yeah. Mm, yep. <laughs> it's, it's funny how variable and varied they are based on tech and legacy and how they've sort of and okay it's fine like i'm not saying that i was ever you know completely removed from the game but it's one of the things i think gives away yakuza's slightly um maybe curtailed budget or or time or whatever they you know whatever the issues are um i also wanted to say i love i think my favorite character was sagawa um outside of the main characters just because he really was a a difficult to pin down scumbag and his relationship with Majima was it seemed obvious that it was hatred but then there were moments where you thought actually they do have a kind of grudging respect for one another mm, I didn't like Sagawa he really creeped me out that's good then right it means he's a good character if he creeped you <laughs> yeah, out exactly. he was a good villain I thought yes yeah, yeah I agree uh, probably gets it at the end we think although the screen cuts to black so I guess we don't know for sure um but yes what about those those i think um we see a bit of sohei dojima who is uh who's the end of his existence is key to the next game in the series but in this game yeah it really is although you see uh, a little of a character called yoneda and towards the end there's a, a hitman called lao gui who is apparently the best hitman in the world yet massively inefficient um so for me definitely I, if i think of this game and its characters it is the the the, the trio of kuze awano and shibusawa who looks like your granddad leah yeah it's weird i i <laughs> he i i actually showed my mother uh, a picture of him and said who does this remind you of and she goes i'm not sure i said you don't think that looks like papa she goes oh my god i was gonna say that but i thought you'd think i was weird it's like yeah i thought his, you were of like face- hungarian descent not Japanese. Well, that's that's my dad's side of the family, and okay. no, definitely no Japanese anywhere in there. But um, but yeah, no, it's it's. I'll have to find a picture of my grandfather. Uh, I mean, Shibusawa is a little bit younger, and his face is a little bit rounder, but it looks like my grandfather. Nice, uh, especially when he's wearing the glasses. It's yeah, it's it's it. It was distracting a little bit. Um, but uh, the other uh, the other characters that I was going to say, I, I think, have a pretty major impact. Are um, oh boy, the real estate guy. Why am I blanking? <laughs> Tachibana. Yes, thank you. Our yeah. our Tachibana and uh and and uh his his uh other friend who uh will uh Oda. Oda. Gosh. Why I don't know why I blame no, there are I'll say it again. There are a lot of names. I've yes. got them in front of me which helps. <laughs> yes, but Tachibana and Oda um are are a pretty uh significant part of the story as well um and are also um, a couple of the characters that you actually do fight with, like you, you fight with them as allies for for a brief amount of time. Um, so that's something as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I would agree, I would agree that the lieutenants, yes, are uh, are probably the the most standout to me. Yeah, as well. I just think the great car as well because they were going to use their visage, their 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 mm-hmm. likeness, um, just brilliant casting. And I've I've watched interviews with them, just talking to camera about the. The roles and stuff, and uh, they look all like lovely, nice gentlemen, um, nice Japanese. When they're not voice riding, actors. when they're not riding a motorcycle at you with a lead pipe in a Down sewer. A sewer. <laughs> I love that scene. Yeah, 
That's it, crazy, yeah. A bit of a bit of a bit of um, hair grease and a certain pair of glasses and a certain mm-hmm. furrowed brow and a certain <laughs> shirt. You can they they these people look just. I just thought it was great casting and yeah, I, I think their their faces just live on the memory. Uh, Hiroki Oano actually like to me looks kind of partially Hispanic or something. I don't think there is anything in there. I think he is one hundred percent Japanese. Who knows? But um, but it gave him an interesting, a distinctive look. I have a soft spot for Kuzi, not least yeah. of which because he sounds like he smoked about 70 wood by the day for the last <laughs> 60 years or so. I think there's a lot. I mean, just uh, as somebody who loves the sound of the Japanese language, I think there's a lot of lovely voices to enjoy in this game, mm-hmm. uh, male and female. Um, and yeah, I think, I mean, it's harder to, I think it's harder to critique the acting when you're reading the subtitles and it, is in, it isn't in your, your language. Um, I am at the point, having played so many Japanese games, and I know a couple of Japanese people that I pick out certain words, um, but without the subtitles, I'd be fairly lost. I would have thought. Um, I also wanted to say that, yeah, compare the compare the female character and face models to the male character and face models, and the obviously, I, I guess the idea is that the, the women are wearing foundation and whatever else, but the the, the skin quality between the two is quite is quite marked. Um, I have to say, with the uh, hostess mini game, um, when it comes to dressing the women mm-hmm. you can tell that there weren't very many women on staff because the the, the fashion is just not and how it's like <laughs> you know how how it graphically looks is just not very good it's like it's it's like a ps2 game it's mm-hmm. it's not and, and what, what is the sexy outfit is just not stylish it's yes. not good yeah i i agree with that i i i didn't have as much of an issue with the disparity between facial models but i would say that there are are definitely at least two tiers from where from where i was standing um, i think it's four you know, or you, five <laughs> yeah i mean I, I like i said i i didn't really get that impression as much but there are definitely higher quality and lower quality yeah the, the characters that you are intended to spend more time with definitely have had more time spent on them yeah and the ones and obviously with kiryu and goro themselves you can tell that they were originally like they're not based on actors they're based on a video game character mm-hmm. from a previous generation game so they they look markedly different like their their skin textures not quite as authentic and whatever else but obviously they have the extra animation and and muscles and you know whatever the all the stuff they do behind the face kind of thing shout outs to um sohei dojima the um head of the uh, dojima clan the greatest representation of a punch perm and (laughs) (laughs) yes that's one of those faces that as i say you can tell was originally in the game as a a game character rather than an actor character i i would say caliburn m from the forum says my favorite yakuza game this one once again the game have serious but fun main story along with the usual mad optional quests and activities in the bustling world that's a perfect size for a game without vehicles You're also not in any way forced to do anything but the main story. Personally, I only do things that I bump into along the way rather than search out activities preventing the game overstaying its welcome. My only gripe is the continuing mix of voiced and unvoiced cutscenes, which I've always found jarring. If you've never played a game, a Yakuza game, Zero is a perfect place to start. Yeah, so there are no actual driving sections in this game, although there is the on-rails, virtual cop-style shooter mission. I think there are there is some driving in some of the other games, but whereas Sleeping Dogs did have a certain amount. I of... think you're actually a cab driver. Uh, you, or you start as a cab uh, driver yeah. in three yeah. or five. four. It's five. Okay. Okay. 
I say um, it's one of those middle three that I haven't played yes. yet. <laughs> but yeah, it's another thing. Like as I say, we've got several. Charlotte's already mentioned it, and we've had several correspondents sort of saying people think this game's like GTA, but it's really not. And no, it, it isn't really. It's like all sorts of other things more than it's like GTA. I would say. One note on the actors as well. The uh, Lao Gui, the fearsome and freakish-looking hitman that I mentioned earlier, uh, in the Chinese localization, the game replaces him. Uh, looks-wise, with uh, a face model uh, of an uh, actor, an actual actor from Hong Kong, Sam Lee. So the version we get in the Western version is a more fearsome-looking Chinese video game caricature, whereas in the Chinese version, you get an actual known actor. Good, because um, like the guy looks like he's afflicted with necrosis. I think um, one of the things that's pervasive about the, the like, especially in some of the sub stories, and when they're talking about um, Lee, who's the chiropractor, like, mm. I, I, and I'm sure this is true of Japanese culture. There's some a lot of like underpinned xenophobia and mm. almost kind of objective racism towards Chinese people yeah, in yeah, Japanese absolutely. society. Yeah, Lao Gui read to me like a caricature, and that's one of the very few things I didn't like about the game was his character because it it felt potentially racist to yeah. me. It's kind of a harsh harsh word to use, but yeah. I think the localization is done in such a way with the sort of slightly clipped pigeony. English in this case, I think that's a, just a deliberate way of letting us know that they're not speaking great, fluent, perfect Japanese. Uh, yeah, no doubt. But I think, you know, Shenmue has a very similar character, I believe, <laughs> in an assassin that is almost sort of um, yeah. beast, be, bestial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yes. I'm yeah. looking at pictures right now of the uh, the different actor that they had uh, replacing mm. the the frankly ghoulish uh, Lao yep. Kui. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I mean he 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 still looks you know. Scary? I mean, he looks like a person. Yeah, it, I guess. I mean, it, it would really he looks like a person so, as opposed to um, you know a a, a, a caricature as we mm -hmm. as we've yeah. been saying. Um, so, I mean, I guess I'd have to see in motion to see if he's actually scary or not, but, mm. uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really know. Maybe it was a, just a likeness rights issue thing. Mm. Um, it's interesting what you say, Rich, about the, the sort of the, yeah, the Japanese, Chinese xenophobia, especially as it is actually directly confronted in the story mm -hmm. in the, and, and it's, and it's taken that it's with Tachibana and Makaimura. Makimura, um, both having experienced this, both in Japan and China, uh, it was, you were definitely supposed to feel that, I th well, I got the impression, at least from the localization, that you were supposed to think that's a bad thing, right? Like, the xenophobia is bad. It was bad when it was in Japan, and it's bad when it's in China, because just because they're mixed origin doesn't mean that, that that's, you know, that's not a reason for them. But on the flip side, I mean, if you think about the great gangster movies, the Western gangster movies, Godfathers and Goodfellas and things like that, they are absolutely they 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 have they are sewn right through with with xenophobia and racism. You know, mm. yeah. It's and herein lies my kind of fundamental problem with Yakuza, and this is probably a, a weird point to kind of nah, put in go for to the, the situation. If you're gonna have racism and you're gonna try and portray um a pseudo reality of what life was like in japan in 1990 uh, sorry in 1988 
go for it. Just go all in, like lean into it a little bit more, really explore some of those themes to do with racism, to do with the kind of peculiarities of Japanese culture with regards to sexuality and with regards to pornography. Don't just pair it back because you don't want to sort of offend anybody. Or like, join in Grand with Theft it. Auto doesn't have a problem with this. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm not advocating we join in, in with it, of course. But, you know, we're all mature. This game commands an M rating. Like, there's yeah, no yeah. reason that you can't go in there and do that. No, what I mean is that it, it seems to have, and, and I'd say there are a lot of video games like this uh, over the years, both Western and Eastern in origin, is that it seems to have a certain amount in the story and the writing, again, based on our localization of sort of social conscience and progressive thinking. But then you've also got a mini game where you, as Goromajima, the male, sits women down, tells them how to converse in basic English or okay. no, sorry, in basic Japanese. And then, <laughs> and then in your dictate, in your style, exactly how to dress them up to make them look sexy for other men in a okay. dolly dress up styly. And we're going to do this now. Cause sure. I have things to say. All right. Go for it. So I, I, I understand what you were saying. And I, my take on this, uh, was obviously quite different. Um, and I think that it, maybe stems a little bit from the fact that I did spend so much time. And I'll, I'm, I'm interested to hear, uh, Rich, since you also spent a great deal of time with this, I'm interested Stockholm to hear. Stockholm Syndrome, uh, Leo. Is always yeah, obvious. I, <laughs> no, well, maybe. maybe I'm, but, kidding, um, I'm kidding, Yeah, no, but my... So the thing that I would say to counter uh, what, what your issues with it are, or, or to suggest a different look, um, yeah. is that... First of all, this is a job for them. How many jobs have you been to where you didn't get trained in some way? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that necessarily Majima is the best person to be doing this training, <laughs> but he Other has a lot. Of, maybe? Well, he has a lot of experience yeah, with yeah, the grand. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it, I, I totally, totally get that it does sometimes come off as patronizing. And especially uh, I, the times that I found it the most... Uh, maybe out of place were when you start recruiting the hostesses from other places who have been doing this for a long, oh, a long amount of time. But also, I mean, I've, I've, I, I would be willing to bet that most of us have had experiences where they have gone into a job where they already did know at least a little bit about something and got talked down to anyway. You know, it, it's I, I, I'm not saying that it's a good thing, but I am saying that it is probably realistic. Sure. Um, Again, same thing yeah. with, yeah, same thing with the dress up. Like, yeah, that mm. part's a little bit more difficult for me to justify. But also, <laughs> but I it's mean, so much fun. <laughs> yeah, that part. Yes, it is fun. It is fun. I made very a, fun. <laughs> I made I made a very good Jersey girl style uh, <laughs> outfit for one of them. Uh, it, it was fantastic. <laughs> but uh, but I mean, I that that is that is my main thing that i that i wanted to get out is that i mean this this is a job so i and these women are not nobody is coercing them or forcing them they are being paid you can give them bonuses you know you you do see how they're feeling you know you don't force anybody to come in there can be absences and you can't just call them up and tell them no you need to get in here you just you work with it mm, and the conversations that majima has with these hostesses if you follow them to the end of their kind of um uh the, the end of their line um you find out why they're there you have conversations with them you can offer to help them you know and, and or you can you know just support them uh so and you know you always have when you are actually doing the running of the club um if you are not 
making your guests happy if somebody has an altercation with one of your people um, you can be a jerk and say oh no you know give them a gift and, and apologize for what the girl is doing I never ever ever did that every mm. single time there was an altercation I, pr- I chose the option that is you know stick up for the girl and sometimes yeah. they leave sometimes they don't but mm-hmm. like I don't I don't care screw you you're the, she, she's great she is my she is my employee and I am going to do the right thing by her uh, so yeah I I did not have a problem with it as a um, in the same way that that it sounds like you may have uh, viewed it. Um, yeah, the thing is, it's it's very thinly veiled as Majima te- like training the women, but it reads to me a lot more as obviously as like an allegory to the social link in other Sega Atlas games. Sure, and it's also it's very hard to actually. Mm get a perfect on those conversations oh, like yeah, the women difficult. will tell you off if you say something out of line like they're very sort of and, yeah know. that's 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 part of it as well is that you're not graded on how well they do you're mm. graded on how well you do in talking yes. to them so sure yeah and uh, you're okay. not that's interesting with with some rare exceptions i, I like they will they would they d- of course they all make some comment at some point uh like oh i you know that indicates that they're secretly in love with majima but but i mm. don't think that at least with with the ones that i've done and i've i've probably done four or five of those storylines to their uh to their conclusion but like n- you don't end up dating any of them you know you will you will take them out and like yeah. you know go places with them sometimes but like it's not a hook majima up with these women sim uh, no, it's there's just, no hot coffee know, mini game kind of thing. No, you you become friends. I mean, you really do. And yes. and throughout the storyline, they you don't get to play as any of them in, but they you know they show up in your cutscenes. They support you. You know, they are part of the decision making process for this uh, for this mm. place. I, I'm interested. This is interesting because I can imagine that most of our listeners will have expected to have mm. expected us to have a conversation about this. But would they have expected <laughs> it to be the two female panelists? defending the hostess minigame and the two males kind of going i was a bit uncomfortable with this um and maybe it's not i've our thought place. about this a lot <laughs> yeah, maybe it's not our place to be uncomfortable about it but um, no, i mean it, i'm not going to tell anybody that they shouldn't be uncomfortable with it if you are it, you are then i, I think but it's a bit I, problematic I but i think it. also maybe i didn't spend enough time with it to really but i also found it a bit boring gameplay wise so i mean that's Fair. you know that's it's purely... kind of diner dashy and that is something that i really enjoy well, there so. you go. Yeah, yeah that's why i i, yeah. I played this for eight seven or eight hours straight same. and just yes. did the whole thing i agree and um I, i'm in exactly the same situation and it might surprise you to learn that i actually kind of don't disagree with you there in this situation like I, I i try to take a kind of more um high level view of of what's going on there and and when you think about hostess clubs in japanese culture i don't necessarily instantly assume that there's any kind of anything salacious going on there yeah i mean this there's isn't like this a isn't working sex man work. kind it's, of culture no. yeah. yeah and even if it was but, i mean they are the Okay, <laughs> I mean, you you, yeah, you do, you do befriend the, the dominatrix at one point. So. The, the kind of providing a service now, whether I agree with that service is kind of moot in this particular sure. situation. But I think if you if you look at one of my <laughs> Jesus, I never thought I'd say this. <laughs> one of the best working girls in my club was Itsuko, who was clearly a middle aged woman with a purple rinse and a cat oh, jumper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who oh, she's just happened great. to be yeah. incredibly good at talking <laughs> to people in a com- comedy way. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think when you go through to um, like full completion with the the um, the the club saw, mm-hmm. which is the mini game itself. The the final boss, if you like, is the um, the, the secretary, secretary of yeah. the um, main rival, and um, you end up 
end up coming against her and she's got her own reservations about that. I can't quite remember exactly what the nuances of the story were there. But something there's, happened there's to her early in, I, I just did this relatively recently. Something happened to her early on in life that made her realize that money is everything. So that's basically the end yeah. of the end of her motivations. She just wants money. But I think I think I just want to kind of come back and say it. it's less about the the um the hostess club that I've got a problem with and more about sort of the general like obscure um almost kind of uncomfortable sexuality of a lot of the mini games on the whole so i find it kind of indefensible when you're curing a man's erectile dysfunction or the one where you're um again to come back to it like chastising a young girl for selling her used panties or um teaching the dominatrix in front of the children how to be a better dominatrix <laughs> to a sub Awkward, I think, was one of the words that kept coming to mind uh, while playing this game. But there, there can be humour in that, and I'm Did, not. Didn't watch a whole lot of the uh, softcore clips, uh, did you? <laughs> I, I watched two. Um, there are a lot of them in there. Yeah. That's kind of uh, interesting. Yeah, choice. and I don't know. I find, I find, like sort of Rich was alluding to. I find softcore like that kind of more sleazy than actual yeah. porn in a way. There's something slightly oily about it's it it's just too yeah. coy isn't it you know there's yeah it, it's it, i think it's the the idea that you can um go as far as you need to imply yeah. sexuality and and mm. a sense of sexual like sex there and then pull away from it mm. and it's almost a sense of like look just have a pair of balls about this and just go <laughs> like, ahead and do it instead of actually pair trying something to... but um <laughs> yeah. yeah there's 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 no collectible mail um phone cards in this game for example it is not that sort of a game <laughs> uh yeah. i don't want to keep defend i feel like i'm defending the game too just much and i'm think. being too protective no, no, no. but i th- i think it's also a cultural thing because japan is very much about the soft core stuff i don't ask me how i know this don't ask me <laughs> No, but, no you're right. You're I, I, no, I totally you are. Agree. Yeah, definitely. No, I, but but it's, I. The whole thing is culturally I, I, I appropriate. Whether it makes yeah, no, me I, feel I, good I, or not is a different matter. I mm. kind of I I agree to a certain extent, like because I mean you you're watching thirty seconds of a girl in a bikini with a balloon or whatever, and then it <laughs> cuts to a box of tissues and your heat fills oh up. Oh my god! That's yeah, kind of funny. That's kind of funny to me. It was funny, but, but also, also like I was it's, just. It's they they take it a little bit too far. Dude. By well, not too far, but like, I, I guess what I'm looking for is it gets a little repetitive, which is an odd thing to say about <laughs> softcore porn. Well, that's that's also true of actual porn. Um, eh, <laughs> well, before so we move say, on, I, I just think it, on it, it's really porn. important <laughs> to say, like, obviously this is representative of a culture, and I think yeah, we have to try and divorce like any reservations I have about Japanese culture and their relationship with sex and sexuality from what we're actually seeing here and this is something that I found myself kind of going backwards and forwards about where is my problem here is Mm. it the game or is it the culture and is it right to even have a problem with that culture because you know like it's my take and and my own particular and then I tie myself up in knots about this we we are always going to be viewing this through a lens of our I mean that's true of any game any piece of media really but uh, everything. I think think the fact that you realise that is probably the important part two things i I think it's really important to say one i think is important to say the game has a western localization and a western release and the first thing i want to say is i think it's like as far as i've said that i'm a bit uncomfortable with some of it or it's a bit awkward i absolutely don't believe that it should have been changed or altered or censored like Mm. games in the series have in the past i don't believe in that that's I, i i think it's absolutely right that the games are now brought over as they are uh, including all the 
content that may or may not work for for different people but um the other thing i wanted to say was that while i think it's important to acknowledge cultural differences i don't think it's it's also it's not a pass for just anything either i don't i think it's actually quite conversely i think it can actually be xenophobic to say well hey they they do their problematic because they're japanese right so that's kind yeah. of True. racist in itself you know and it comes back yeah. to that conversation we had probably um at the the beginning like how faithful is the translation to the original version? And I don't think I'll get the answer to that question, but maybe that's really what I'm searching for to try and yeah, understand yeah. that. That's what we need to know. But that anyway, really interesting conversation. Um, we need to move on. Mr. Libido. More Mr. Libido. Um, I'm, I'm sure he'll <laughs> Nobody finds again. it weird that this dude's running around in his underwear. <laughs> sure. Not uh, Yes. Um, they should have given him a better character model, perhaps based uh, on a real-life actor who was Please willing to play. Please don't give him a better character model. <laughs> I don't want to see that. I'm sorry, but when it panned to him, when you're looking around the uh, the club and it just pans to him He's gyrating, just I just yes. laughed my his, head off. I'll, I'll admit, his mocap's pretty funny. Um, if gross. Super user from the forum says, Yakuza 0 is a game I engaged with like I hadn't for years, where every waking moment I was thinking of returning to its world. Its main strength lies in its fantastic story, both in terms of plot and characters. There are many twists and turns in a well-placed plot that keeps your interest. Characters that inhabit it are genuinely memorable and some of the best you'll find in any game. Compared to GTA, Yakuza is very upbeat about humanity and this positive attitude is infectious. It is best shown in the charming and often heartwarming sub-stories. <laughs> Just flashback to Richard mentioning the girl's pants again. Um, <laughs> it's worth noting that the game's super serious gangster plot is quite different from the tone of the sub-stories. <laughs> but it works because life contains light moments as much as it contains dramatic ones. And these combine to make the over-the-top setting believable. I think that the, the part... Um that really got me about the Pandy storyline was that after you finish it, you then recruit the leader of the ring to be one of your mm. uh, managers in the yeah, real yeah. estate sub story. <laughs> Isn't that like child labor? Like what? <laughs> yeah, I bet you. And I bet you the, one of the things that they do in the localization, and I've got no proof of this, but I've seen it in hundreds of other games is you can bet they've added at least three years on the age of every single one of the girls featured. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they ever mention ages. They're written somewhere, I think. Yeah, on, aren't maybe. they on the telephone card bios or whatever? I I don't know. <laughs> I didn't spend that I much not, time with it. Yeah, no, I didn't really look at the telephone <laughs> cards. But um... so we talked uh, a lot about this, the 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 content of the game. But what about actually playing it? I suppose we should talk a bit about this because you spend a lot of hours as well as cross buttoning your way through cutscenes delivered sometimes with full facial animations sometimes with just words and sometimes with just text which is another curious yakuza thing um you spend a lot of time running about the place going about and kicking people in and i find certainly on this game playing it on a ps4 pro i think performance varies slightly depending on which version you've got obviously if you've got it on pc you can run it at super high frame rates but it felt pretty slick and smooth and glossy and compared to when i played through the shenmue games a couple of years ago which it does evoke and even sleeping dogs which i think was i think performed pretty well can't remember what i played that on pc possibly or xbox one but it felt um although the the game world does look a little bit even though this was a 2015 ps3 game still has that sense of being 
from sometime before there's a certain amount of popping and character fading and stuff like that nothing like Shenmue um but overall there's a lack of I would say there's a lack of kind of atmospheric environmental particle effects shadowing lighting kind of all that dynamic stuff that we're getting really used to now but for all that I think it was and having spent a couple of weeks in Japan some years ago uh evocative mm. Yeah, I found it quite captivating. Um, it's true, though, once you know that it was originally a PS3 game, you're like, oh, yeah, this this was definitely originally a PS3 game. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no no denying that the, the finesse is not quite there. Right. Having said that, the, it performed pretty well on my PS4 uh, uh, Slim. Yep. Um, comparing it to, I've just, like I said, I've just finished playing Yakuza Kiwami 2 um, on a disc um, instead, like Yakuza 0 was a download. But the disc version of Yakuza Kiwami 2 on my PS4 Slim um, had really bad performance problems. Right. Like it was... Um, the next gen engine. Tran- mm. Yeah, the transition between en- executing a fight and going back to traversing the world. There was one instance where there was like a five second pause in the middle and i thought it crashed so i prefer this that it's it looks a bit downgraded but it runs smooth like butter yeah that's true i prefer that minimal loading um and yeah smooth smooth ins and outs look and feel leah i actually played the first time on a uh a launch ps4 and uh this time have been playing on a pro and um i have not had any real issues although i will say that i have noticed a couple of times on the pro Mm. that i've gotten some kind of weird i'm not sure whether it's a loading thing or an animation thing or a frame rate thing but like enemies that are coming in will sometimes move a little bit funny if they're on Mm. the edges of the screen like they're loading oddly or something I, i i don't know how exactly to describe it but um but but i will say it's a graphical thing that is odd that I did not notice the first time I played it. Mm. So I'm not sure real, what that is. Only real tech uh, issue I had was a, a sort of standard PS4 slash Pro thing, which was during the fight scenes, the fans start blowing really hard, <laughs> even though it's, true, yes. I mean, it's not the most demanding game for a PS4 Pro, which obviously <laughs> isn't the most powerful console either. But, uh, but running, sometimes you've got scenes involving eight, nine, ten playable, or sorry, not playable, but active characters you kicking them around lots of um, bits of money flying up in the air and blood uh, so those are those are effects that you get uh, the occasional spark and and chucking bits of scenery around A and little aura um, that you get when you're in heat mode indeed yes and although the frame rate seems to hold up 60 most of the time uh, the it does mean the fans start whirring curious how that xbox one version runs yeah, I imagine it's uh, the probably yeah, well, <laughs> probably the well, probably the, the the smoothest and the quietest. Uh, so if you've got an X, certainly, yeah. Um, maybe not if you don't have an X. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, you run about. You can hold down the cross button on PlayStation, and you run. Eventually, you run out of puff. However, there are things in this game called completion points. This game has a number of systems um, all working concurrently, and this is where the RPG elements are, I suppose. You have money, which you earn by kicking people in and also investing in nightclubs (laughs) and uh, real estate and various other things. Um, You get CP by just doing stuff, kind of doing almost anything in the world. Uh, We'll start racking up your CP. You can trade these in at one place only or one place only in each map which is a shrine 
and buy yourself permanent perks, including being able to run without running out of stamina as quickly and ultimately not at all and various other things. There's some, again, sort of in this slightly bizarre version of a real world late 80s Japan city, you have uh, you have Mr. Shakedown. Um, there are different Mr. Shakedowns who are large, freakishly strong gentlemen who are there to encourage you to invest your money in yourself basically so you don't run around with too much cash which you should be using to power up your fighting moves there's also the nouveau riche i mean this is such a (laughs) such a weird video game thing you get a message at some point a few hours into the game it says the nouveau riche have come to town these are people you have to unlock that that's a cp thing okay it's a cp thing thank you uh yeah so they turn up and they just wander about the place they're slightly aggro and they wear gold jackets, so you know they're yep. rich. Um, and then you can <laughs> and gold trousers, uh, and you can kick them in and get more money. They're just yeah, just weird stuff. Other things that get you CP are going to a restaurant. There are lots of different restaurants, eateries, and dineries. Some of them will give you extensive, well, extensive potted histories on various uh, whiskies and brandies available in Japan. All real ones, by the way. I think um, Suntory and all this, uh, all this stuff. Um, you can fill up your <laughs> fill up your energy bar by eating and drinking. You can buy perks which allow you to continue eating and drinking beyond your limits, just so you can go into a restaurant like I do and buy everything on the menu to get your completion point, which you can then put into more perks and so on. You can also walk around with an inventory full of drugs, which uh, there seems to be no penalty for stocking up on and taking, really, uh, that I could see. Well, um, that's pretty normal for for most video games. If you have a, a lot of yeah, uh, health yeah. things, uh, yeah. it would be interesting to see uh, some uh, a uh, a system in which doing uh, doing too many t- taking too many health drinks uh, would would do something. Well, but, I suppose yeah. in GTA um, San Andreas, you could get overweight, couldn't you? Oh yeah, but your inventory space is pretty limited, so I'm not that's sure true. why. Yeah, why you're talking about us walking around with drugs more than in other games, really. Oh, it was just, I suppose I was just um, thinking about the systems and just thinking about how it was curious that in a game that has a lot of kind of trinkets and collectibles, you have def- mm. different menus for uh, weapons and different menu for accessories and armor that you can wear. And this is, I mean, this is the stuff where ryan on our slack was saying that he considers this game an rpg and i was saying well it's mm. kind of also a brawler but it there there are a lot of rpg elements and systems at play here right and is this for you guys especially those who do enjoy an rpg or even a jrpg uh is this the the large part of the a large part of the hook or just s- some more systems which are there to be wrestled with i've got to say i i don't think i recognize this game as an rpg at all beyond sort of investing money in my own skills i think it sort of feels much more akin to like a brawler than than an rpg in that sense but you wear a jacket which has an armor point uh, or, or, or armor points and you wear an accessory or a trinket or a charm which has a status altering thing i mean these are all very standard rpg tropes right you can do that in some brawlers too though i see i see, I, I i i was probably the one who was the most against calling it a jrpg uh mm-hmm. and but I would still consider it to be partially an RPG, but more an action RPG. Um, it's, I mean, this is all semantics anyway, but um, I, I think that it's closer yeah. to me. The experience is closer to something like 
a Witcher or even a Skyrim, really, than uh than like a Final Fantasy or a. And I, I've I've spent some time trying to think of why that is, and I the only thing that I can come up with is that there's more of an emphasis on menu based combat in a JRPG to me. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure if that's all it is, but that's yeah. definitely one of the things. I, I mean, I genres have definitely all blurred and blended sure. with one yeah. another over the years, and so it doesn't really. We don't need to come up with a title. Um, yeah. My observation itself was sorry to cut you up there. It's just predicated around the idea that you only have one way of defeating an enemy, and that is mm. just beating them to death, whether that's with a cut glass ashtray or with your fists. Is kind of a moot point it's just yeah that's, that's, that's the yeah. only way to do it but you can of course uh, bust out the guns in this game which are actually incredibly helpful in large group scenarios the, the game doesn't really so it, it encourages you so much to do the, the the fighting and the moves and the you know the punching and the kicking and the throwing that it's almost an afterthought there were there was a, there were a couple of points where i found myself in one of the many many emergent or not emergent <laughs> um scripted uh, showdowns between me and a group of suited goons to progress the story and there were one or two where i just i just kept getting um really frustratingly like st- uh, sort of almost stun locked like that happens to me with kiryu sometimes because he's slower <sighs> than majima is yeah um but what i found was that those scenarios were very much made a lot easier by and again no penalty for this other than having to go back to the the special shop and get more bullets afterwards is bust out one of the shotguns you picked up along the way um, for something and just blow everyone away um, in Kiryu's trademark, but I'm not really killing you style. (laughs) Uh, Super user says combat is fun. If a little easy on normal, obviously your mileage may vary. I'm saying here, if you're confident in your ability to play third person action games, consider playing on hard. It's sometimes clunky and easy to cheese, but I prefer the fact that some depth is there rather than the systems of Assassin's Creed that got boring fast. Yeah, it's not overwhelming. There's a good balance between simplicity and depth, and it's always a spectacle. Fumping and fighting, yeah, so as well as those story moments, of which there are many, and most of the levels or chapters end up in a kind of progressive brawler kind of situation. Uh, as I say, uh, and as as Mikhail rightly pointed out, this game very much, if you think about when the, brawl, the brawler first started to have more to it than just belt-scrolling levels, where you started to go into shops and buy food in Kunio-kun, this game does have a lot of, uh, a lot of relationship with, with those games from the mid-80s. Um, but they've given you quite a lot to play with here because both characters have three separate fighting styles, one fast, one medium, and one heavy, if you want to uh, boil it down, as well as popping out swords, uh, stun guns, slime guns, lightsabers, all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, it does seem, though, that... Uh, People have a tend to have a style and focus on it and, and stick to it. But I did try to I tried to mix it up a bit. Having said that, uh, Majima's breaker style, which is uh, capoeira, basically, is devastating to everybody. I found that it was uh, most effective for me. I uh, to have kind of one style that I did. What if I was just fighting one boss or one big enemy? And a different style. The, the faster styles tended to work better for me if I was fighting a big group, which is more often the case. Until I just dumped a bunch of points into Kiryu's beast style and just tanked everything. 
Yeah, the beast style plus if if it's an arena with stuff in it like bicycles or motorbikes mm-hmm. or massive signs, beast style is uh is a wrecker. I found beast style too slow to be honest. I I rarely used it. Um with Kiryu I mostly use normal because um on uh fast he barely deals any damage. Mm. And with uh, Majima I tried to use breaker as much as possible but occasionally i had to switch to slugger because he was just uh, not dealing enough damage slugger's fun because you get a bat which doesn't break automatically whereas your other items run out of either bullets or power and you have to repair them i didn't use a ton of the items uh, a ton of the weapons um and i don't know maybe that was just a, a fighting style thing but uh really it was only uh, that's the only way that I could beat Mr. Shakedown, but other than that, I yeah. didn't use them very often. I got a cannon out and a, and a marlin. There's this big fish that uh-huh. shoots. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, that was pretty Oh, useful. there's also a fishing mini game. We forgot to mention that. Yeah, we haven't got there God. yet. <laughs> As we... So I am... Um... I there, there is actually a fourth style for, for Kiryu and a fourth style for, for yes. Majima as well. So when you do the uh, hostess mini game, mm. you get the Mad Dog of Shimano for... Right, um, yeah. Um, for Goro, and um, essentially it just turns him into a nutter with a tanto, and mm-hmm. you can sort of run around, roll and stab and everybody, and it's incredibly effective. When you do the um, real estate minigame, you get the Dragon of Dojima style for um, Kiryu, and that's almost a, a combination of uh, the brawler style and um, a wrestler, so you can just powerbomb things mm-hmm. or DDT them or do a devastating German suplex on somebody's neck. Because of the way that I play these games, where the moment that they were made available, or rather the mini games that kind of produced those were made available, I just use those, and mm-hmm. and and they kind of serve me through the rest of the game. So I have absolutely no opinion on the original three styles. <laughs> I found the Mad Dog of Shimano style a little difficult to control, um, but uh, I haven't yet unlocked uh, like Kiryu's uh, Dra- Dragon of Dojima, so we'll see. <laughs> There are also various mentors who can teach you greater and more powerful moves as well as investing into your Final Fantasy X style sphere grid, I suppose, if you want to call it something, of which there, yeah, there's an outer layer that you can unlock later on if you have an enormous amount of money. Uh, but I completed the game on normal without having even ventured into that final outer layer. You don't need it if you're, if you're decent with the, the moves and the weapons that you've picked up throughout the game. Uh, it wasn't a massive challenge. I think I, I got game over a few times throughout the course. But I wanted to say, as a fan of vintage brawlers and 3D action games, um, I would say that I enjoyed most of the scraps in this. Uh, but having said that, there are some, there's quite a lot of sort of the RPG equivalent of sort of random encounters where people are just out on the streets and they just want to pick a fight with you. <laughs> you get an amusing uh screen splash showing telling you the names of the people that are about or not the names but the the type of person so um delinquents or uh threatening man is my favorite threatening man <laughs> yeah and yeah i enjoyed it overall i never felt like it was as somebody who can like complete streets of rage 2 on hardest difficulty without getting hit i'd never felt like it i quite had that same level of control but it may be just that there's more to it and more to learn i watched a video of somebody doing so you unlock these climax combat scenes whenever you finish a chapter which are some of them are quite wild and wacky some of them are just sort of straight 
sort of reproductions of things that you've gone through in the game uh, and it's a good test of the robustness of the fighting engine and actually i've seen so i've seen somebody doing them really 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 well on the hardest difficulty setting so it is possible to really get good at these and master them properly but it is also possible to cheese your way through the game so whether it's worth mastering then i guess if it's just if it if it tickles you if that's something you want to do Magical Isopod from the forum says, I'm writing this fresh off finally finishing Yakuza 0 after starting it over two years ago. To put my thoughts succinctly, Yakuza 0 is a very good 15-hour game bloated into a 60-hour game. That I invested nearly 80 hours into this game only to achieve 34.5% completion is rather telling of my frustration. The side content, in Magical Isopod's opinion, just isn't worth your time. The side quests are poorly produced, and I found myself just smashing through, mashing through the dialogue after my first few, simply to get them over with. That said, though, I really enjoyed the real estate and cabaret club management style activities quite a lot. And frankly, I think the side content could have benefited significantly from being more directly tied to these. Overall, I'd say I enjoyed the ride this game provided, but I doubt I'd ever go back to it. That being said, I'm excited to jump into Kiwami after the ending of Zero. I'm really hoping future games in the series do a better job of managing the bloat. I believe that Kiwami is considerably shorter than Zero. Yeah. But uh, that's, you know, that's at odds with a lot of people who seem to, from what I've read and what I've seen, uh, feel that the heart and soul of the game is actually in the sub-stories. I enjoy the sub-stories a lot. Um, so I, um, I don't think, well, I mean, they aren't necessary to understanding the main plot or... And most of the rewards that you get are probably not necessary either, but uh, you don't have to do any of them. So, I mean, if you're not enjoying them, then you probably wouldn't suffer very much from just not. Mm. Um, I like them, though. So there's 100 of them, 60 for Kiryu and 40 for Majima. Typically, they are lighter in tone, but definitely not always. There's human trafficking and uh, pants selling. Uh, Often they're outright comedic, though including the uh the one i think we'll hear about this one but there's a there's a, a wannabe punk rock and roll band who uh, are <laughs> they reminded me there's a british band well, some of you know will know this but uh a band from a few years ago called busted who they looked like they wanted to be kind of punk roll kids but when it punk rock kids but whenever you heard them speak they're like yeah um of course we're very excited to be on this tour um it was that kind of <laughs> that kind of thing going on um they were little posh stage school kids basically so it was that kind of deal and you get to coach them in being in the ways of a harder punkier kind of dude Jobo Bonobo from the forum says, I had always heard good things about this series, but good God, I was not prepared for the sheer experience this turned out to be. The sub stories are truly something else. The situations I got myself into ranged from helping a wimpy rock band appear tough in a Q&A session with fans to helping a man on witness protection reconnect with his family to infiltrating a cult to rescue someone's daughter. These situations were sometimes hilarious, sometimes heartbreaking, but always wonderful to experience. Nine times out of ten, I had a big grin on my face going through these bonkers quests. Yeah, Jobo Bonobo having a very different experience to Isopod there. I remember all the ones that he mentions, actually, those. I did all of those uh, there. I did all of those. Uh, what about you folks? Any yeah. uh, standouts? I got the I got the achievement for doing 50 of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's roughly about half of them. So I must exactly. have done quite a lot of them. 
my um my main issue with them is just that they're so dissonant with the rest of the the plot yeah and which is very intense like me, serious and dramatic yeah if if you're like me i can't not do them in a sequence so the moment they're made available to me and they just derail any momentum and and any kind of um i don't know atmosphere that the main story created and so maybe the right way to do this is to just do them at a, a different time or really kind of recognize that they're going to be totally so dissonant with the rest of the, the game as well that seems to be I, I think the problems more with me than well with i think it's it's a taste thing isn't it yeah yeah, and I don't think that this is an uncommon problem in games as a whole. Not that that makes it right here necessarily, but I think that's maybe why I didn't have as big a problem with with that particular tonal clash. Uh, because it's definitely there. I, I I can see where you're coming from, but that's in in a lot of the games that I play. That's that's pretty much par for the course. Like you you are a group that's out to save the world but also you're going to go over here and find this person's lost cat or whatever. I I I liked the levity that it brought to the storyline because as we've mentioned the the main story is very uh serious and and has a lot of gravitas to it and then you have these extremely silly bits on the side that that kind of boost away from that. So I, I guess it's it, it depends on what you're looking for uh as to whether you will enjoy that or not. Um I I liked it. So uh as as I've mentioned several times. But yeah, I, I think maybe the reason that it didn't stick out that much to me is is more to do with the fact that I do play a lot of games that have a similar type of setup in in regards to the types of quests that they have available. Yeah, I think I my problem, my slight problem with the sub stories was not so much the tonal dissonance, but rather that they follow sort of very similar path mm -hmm. to each other, and it can get a bit repetitive. Like you go to a certain point in the map, and then it automatically starts playing the scenario, and then either you fight one group of baddies, mm. or you go and do one thing and answer questions in an expected order, and then it's finished. That was pretty much the 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 path that they all followed, and it, mm. I I, am, I don't say that in the sense of I didn't enjoy doing them. I did enjoy them a lot, but it did get a bit much after maybe mm. thirty or so. I don't think I did that many with Yakuza Zero because they just felt quite repetitive, not in content but in the sort of mm -hmm. arc gameplay. that they followed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's a, the the gameplay is such that they will involve one of the things that you do a lot of, which is either fighting or going to a shop and buying a thing and taking it back to somebody else. But sometimes you'll need to play the crane game or sometimes you, uh, UFO catcher or sometimes you'll need to uh, hide somewhere and w wait for something to happen. Or So there are a few little quirks to it, but yes. Um, and yes, I think that, that that dissonance in tone is something that has been discussed and it is something that either, I think, one will embrace or reject. Um, and I think it took me a while. There were, there was a video which, uh, which we were looking at called, uh, why Yakuza zero is a masterclass in managing tone by writing on games video. And I, when I, I saw that as I was researching, I thought I, you know, I sort of sneered. Um, and then I watched the video. Yeah. I thought it was brilliant. Actually. I thought it was a really good video, very intelligent. Um, and although it, it it go, it's quite academic and it quotes a lot of authors and where where the maker of the video thinks that the the creators of the game are coming from um i what it boils down to is that uh in as well as the 
reference to the Be- Beat Takeshi movies and having a similar thing going on. It's actually, it is like life. Like life is tragic and hyper dramatic and absurd and silly. And it is all those things. Um, and so to have that represented in a game, if you can, if you can cope with it, not all being a one track thing, you know, a one tonal thing, then you're, if you're happy to let your mind leap about over 50 hours, then you might, but it won't work for everyone for sure. Yeah. It does veer all over the place, but if you think about it, people in, in mobs or the mafia don't sit there being serious and, and you know, yeah. making a pyramid of doom with their fingers all day. Exactly. You know, they go karaoke. One of the side quests, according to Moby Games Trivia, features many known celebrities with slightly altered names, but similar personalities and looks. Kiryu is asked to help with a music video. The, the director, Steven Spining, reference to Spielberg, wants to make an action-packed music video that will never be forgotten. He is known to have directed worldwide smash hit movies like Indian Jeans and A.T., about a boy who rides a unicycle over the moon. The music star, Miracle Johnson, wants to make a music video where zombies are attacking him while he dances. But in order to help it, in order to make it more real, zombies should attack for real, and that's where Kiryu's help is needed to fight them off and keep Miracle Johnson safe. So, I mean, that's a, that's a great example of one that is completely bonkers, um, obviously involving actual zombies and Spielberg and Jackson. Um, but it also uh, adds to the number of Sega games with Michael Jackson in, or a close relation, um, along with uh, Space Channel 5 and um, Sonic 3, of course. So yeah, we can't possibly talk in depth about all the mini games, but I think people who are listening to this who haven't played a Yakuza need to understand just how much there is to do in this game, apart from all the stuff that we've already spent two hours talking about. So there are video arcades, which allow you to play as well as that UFO catcher game, which you can collect pointlessly pretty much. But yes, there's a load of toys you can uh, collect in a fairly authentic um, physics engined UFO catcher game. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's not bad. Uh, from my point of view, and I'm sure from a lot of listeners, the most enticing thing about the mini games is going to an arcade in the 80s, sitting down at a deluxe outrun or space harrier cabinet and it keeping your high scores. Uh, the games are moderately well emulated, I would say, um, but you can even muck around with the screen options and add scan lines. And there is something for me, it does add a little something to have it in that actual time setting. So I appreciated that. You can also unlock two further arcade games via side quests or befriending. I think befriending people in the in the arcades. You can yeah. unlock Super Hang On as well and F- Fantasy Zone as well. I, w- I would like to tell a, a small side note about how you actually unlock those. Yeah, because it's related to uh, it's related to the um, the respective uh, hostess clubs and and um, real estate I games. See. Um, but when the the this is. I'm not sure whether this is going to support uh, the points that that Richie were making <laughs> about the uh, about the sexuality <laughs> thing or not. But um, the end of both of the side quests is the same. You befriend the the girl who is uh, who is working there by playing either Outrun or Space Harrier, uh, and then when your friendship meter is almost all the way up, she challenges you to beat her score and says that if you can beat her score, she will give you a very special prize and. 
then it zooms in on Majima's crotch, and then it zooms in on her crotch, and there's a bit of dialogue about, like, wait a minute, she can't really mean dot, dot, dot. And, mm. of course, she doesn't, but, you know. <laughs> I've got to say. Like, uh, the Kiryu one is, is something like, she's like, oh, I'll give you a really good ride if you do this. And mm. then it does that thing where it zooms in on his crotch, and it zooms in on her crotch. And then you come back later and she has gotten you super hang on because that's the ride she was talking about. It's a pretty good prize. Uh, uh, yeah. And as somebody who was going to the arcades in the late 80s, that definitely never happened to me. Yeah. Anything well, involved. It happens to both Majima and well, Kiryu. Yeah, so. I never looked like them. So, <laughs> In the interest of time, I mean, let's just suffice to say there's many, many examples of, of yeah. that kind of just gobbins going on. I thought on that that game. was pretty funny and that you guys might not have actually seen it. So I didn't see it, no. but there is there is one that stands out to me, and that is the end of the um, hostess, and you've probably seen it when you're fighting in um, Club Saw at the end, and it's they're talking about how maybe women should be more than just brains after lingering for an uncomfortable amount of time on a shot of a cleavage. <laughs> that one was definitely, well, I mean, they are all, th- those examples, yes, are all done for comedic effect, obviously, but yeah, it's it's... It's a thing. <laughs> there does seem to be a sort of a goodwill about the game that where it seems to get a pass for a lot of this stuff from people that wouldn't give other games a pass for it. I don't know. Maybe that's unfair, but um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, we we've gone on about it a bit, but I, I, I think that it it does have a. Sen- I, I don't think that it gets that pass for everything necessarily, mm. but it's they're they're deliberately doing this for effect sure. it, it's the parts where maybe they're not quite doing it for effect that that might get a little uncomfortable yeah, I, yeah, gotcha. I i think gotcha uh so yeah sports and activities uh as i say i think a fun pool game a fun bowling uh temping bowling game with different these have all got different modes as well so it's not just like you walk in and you play pool you can also play trick shots puzzle pool multiplayer um darts i enjoy quite a bit actually uh, the b- baseball batting center um, l- enjoyed the bowling the only one I didn't like at all in fact I don't think I've caught a single fish is the there's river and sea fishing but it seems to be quite a weak incarnation of a fishing mini game to me it's not great um, I, I did a fair amount of it because I needed it for something yeah, I don't yeah, remember yeah. what I, I might have been I was befriending somebody and I needed a special kind of fish uh, but so I, I ended up doing a, a decent amount of it. But as somebody who has played a lot of fishing mini games yes. in, in a lot of JRPGs, I did find this one to be kind of weak. It's a shame. I got a peerless pole and some lovely bait and uh, still couldn't catch anything. So, uh, Pocket racing. So this is a kind of scale X trick kind of thing or TCR. Uh, I mean, the depth you can go into with this is nuts. There's a whole bit uh, <laughs> in between your hyper dramatic and hyper absurd main stories and sub stories you can spend hours crafting putting together building your model cars and racing them on a track uh, with it's Kiryu, isn't it who has pocket racing yeah it is yeah. yeah um i i won quite a few of these races and then stopped but you could spend a lot more time doing this and a lot more money you can buy a lot of yeah i seem to find a lot of the tie-in stuff, stuff or win it yeah. or whatever which is handy but again uh, it's a thing it's quite a simple mini game but again like you understand where they've cut corners elsewhere in the game in terms of presentation and whatever because it's got so much different stuff so many distractions in it we mentioned the disco which uh the it's only short of having a dance map but i quite like the system they use for this actually so you tab around with the d-pad ideally i would say you can use the analog stick 
and you try to get as many steps in before you press the button on the beat as you would hope to do the button is indicated on the, on the screen but i quite like this because you can effectively bump up your score and your combo by being a bit flash <laughs> i am absolutely useless at this uh, like, i wasn't honestly good at it <laughs> got no rhythm awful no, i kept it wasn't getting distracted that. by the um the mocap dancing in the background. <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty good. I think for me, it was that I tried to keep getting too many patterns of stuff. Yeah, um, get greedy. And, That's the problem. Yeah. Mm. Also, I, side note, um, Majima's little little dance guy has an eye patch, and I just discovered that today. And I think <laughs> it's really cute. That's sweet. I think I think though one of the strengths about the mini games is that if there's something that you just don't enjoy doing, at least in your Yakuza Zero, if you're not going for completionist and you just want to finish, totally. you don't really have to do anything. Absolutely. Really. Yeah. Yeah. I found myself doing a lot more of this stuff than I was intending to, even though I, I had a, a week off work and uh, to mostly to play this game and get it complete for the show. I still found myself spending slightly too long playing darts and pool um, <laughs> and things like that, the things that I enjoyed doing. So I do I appreciate karaoke a lot. Yeah. And obviously... I played a lot of Outrun and Space Harrier, even though I have those games on multiple other systems and I've been <laughs> playing them since they came out at the arcades. Can't Just can't help yourself. Karaoke is another kind of button pressing. It's kind of Parappa the Rapper, basically. Uh, but with singing, um, I gather some of the songs are kind of cult classics among Yakuza fans, I hear. I, I don't know yet, but I, I mean, I, I do know that I, there are a couple of them that I, I believe definitely come back. I don't know if all of them do. They're but, very uh, daft and they've got lots of uh, English in them and uh, <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's good. Good wholesome. Thing. I will sing these while I'm doing the dishes and stuff like this. I've only <laughs> ever played Yakuza, this this Yakuza, but they're such earworms that they just stick with me. Yeah. Uh, Rouge of Love is my favorite. That's just such a silly <laughs> It is song. silly. Big fan of Judgment. Personally, oh, yeah, <laughs> Cinderella, man. <laughs> nice. Everyone's got a favorite. Uh, we mentioned Shoggy and Mahjong, and then on top of that, you've got cards and dice, gambling games. Effectively, you can go and gamble. Um, and some of these are in the. There's a, a park for the homeless. A um, bit of social realism in your Yakuza. Uh, a lot of these uh, Koi Koi, Silo, Oichukabu, and Chohan. You can play there. I didn't understand all of them at all. I had a go at everything. Um, they seem quite fun. And then there's also uh, blackjack, roulette and poker at your regular casino, which I don't think I've actually done any of those. But, um, you know, I've got my save game. Um, so, yeah, crazy amounts of stuff. Jobo Bonobo, again, would say I would spend hours upon hours on the mini games. Pocket car racing, fishing, telephone club. And the estate management were particular highlights, but my real favourite was the Cabaret Club. Levelling up the hostesses and becoming the best club in Sotenbori absolutely gripped me in a way that few games truly do. I would spend ages agonising over dressing up my hostesses. If she wears that dress, her sexiness goes up, but her cuteness goes down. What a dilemma. I felt like a girl playing with Barbies, but I did not care. I was going to be the Cabaret King, damn it. Also praiseworthy is that the hostesses were far from just eye candy. And many of them had touching stories about their lives and struggles that you learned about as you continued training them. We talked quite a I lot agree. about this. I agree. We talked about that. We yes. definitely <laughs> talked about that. Um, I agree. Also, you can make a lot of money doing that, I will say. Yeah. Yes. yeah, I did not hurt for any, like, I, I could do whatever I wanted for the rest of the game after mm -hmm. I finished that. Yeah, put the time in, you get the money out, and then you can power up your character to insane levels. But as I say, yes. you don't need to to beat the game. Nope. So. Um, cat fights, though, we didn't talk about. I mean, come on. Oh, 
No, I, I just did not touch that because I was just like, ugh. No. This is one of those things where, remember how I was saying that it didn't necessarily get a pass if it wasn't just trying to do things for effect? This is one of those yeah. times, I think. Mm, I only did, yeah. there was, there's... Uh, also, the mechanic wasn't very good, so I just didn't. I for didn't sure. Yeah, it's just janky like, and pot. the element of RNG and looking at it. Like, I didn't, I didn't um, click like, it. out. Yeah, it's kind of, oh, these are the ones that have their ages. That's when I, when I was thinking about their ages. Uh, yeah, okay. so the, the youngest one is 20 and the oldest one is 32 in the Western version. I bet you they are 15 and 27 in the, uh, I bet you can take five off all of those. In the, I would they've not all be got surprised. their own vocation as well. Yes. Which feels very um, yeah. Japanese. It's peculiar. I just played it for the... I just played it for the articles. No, I just played it for the story. <laughs> um, yeah, but, you. I think you have. Do you have to actually do it the one time, or, or? Yeah, you do. Yeah. 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 You okay, get taken. I, I knew I played it like once, and I went, I don't like this very much, and then I just didn't. Yeah. But I couldn't remember. Again, I... yeah, and like this is the funny thing because you know for those those occasional we get those occasional uh, tweets and and uh, Patreon exit polls saying too much lefty politics. <laughs> actually, what we're saying, you know, we yes, that's where we're coming from, but here we're saying. Yeah, we just ignored it. We're not saying ban this sick filth. We're not saying you shouldn't touch this, you evil human beings. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's just, just, I bleh. personally, I just didn't really, yeah, I just didn't really think that it was that well done. If you like, enjoy I, it, you can play it with, just, you don't even need our blessing. But yeah, I, yeah. it was tacky, I thought. I think um, just to just to go a little bit back. So um, this I avoided because I just, it, it just, I, I thought it was a bit vulgar. Um, the softcore videos, I watched two of them, my eyes nearly fell out of my head and I, I didn't watch any more of them. Um, the gambling, I, just a personal thing, I really don't like gambling, right. so the idea of playing dice games, I just avoided it. And, and that's fine, like, the game just lets you avoid yeah. it, which is great. Mm -hmm. I think some of the later entries in the series are a bit more pushy with playing the mini games, and uh, that's okay. kind of not my bad. I, mm. I remember 5 being a bit pushy with pool, for example. Okay. But... Yeah, it, it, there's stuff in here that you can find distasteful, um, but it handles it well in a sense of it's not pushed in your face and you can avoid it if you want to. Hmm. Lil Kitano says, my lasting memory of this game was maybe in the third or fourth chapter where I came across a dirty movie store. Having watched one, I received a PS4 trophy, got called a pervert by a greasy man in underwear, grinding and pumping in the middle of the street and got odd looks when my mother walked in to see this <laughs> unfolding on the television. Yep, that'll happen. Or or your partner, <laughs> or your cat. Whenever Pascal walked in, I just was like, look at what I'm doing, and just grinned at the TV, and I just rolled his eyes. Dress up <laughs> as Mr. Libido for me, Pascal, you said. That's what I want to see. <laughs> uh, and away from the sexy stuff, there's the non-sexy stuff. So the other potentially hugely time-consuming minigame, again, we've already talked about it a bit, the one where you wipe your face up and down every road in the city or the <laughs> area of the city to find which building. But yeah, there is, we, I mean, we can I just say one thing about the real estate yeah, game? Sure. So it is raw downtime. There is absolutely nothing to do, but it's not even downtime mm. that you can just go away and make a, I don't know, a toasted sandwich or something like that. What it does is it puts arbitrary fights in at random moments that the, yeah. the, your meter will not accrue sort your trouble until out. you've went and finished them. Yeah. So it's just busy work. Of the most kind of, but there's recruit as with know. the hostess club. There's recruiting staff in this case, uh, management and security rather than uh, sexy young ladies. N nugget and chicken nugget. Yeah, <laughs> good point. Um, yeah, and what we should say because obviously we're not going deep, deep, deep into the mechanics of the individual mini games, but there's probably slightly more to both this and the hostess club than you might think from our brief outline description. Like in terms of 
these do have every character has stats and there's there's a certain amount of strategy i mean yeah. less so in the real estate it's more about just accruing and up and scaling up one of the things about the real estate game which is interesting is that it's it it, it sort of gives you a sort of um, almost like an economic overview of what's mm-hmm. comprising um, right. uh, Kamachiro, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it'll give you like an indication about what the like economies build up of. And I mean, if you've got an interest in that kind of thing, you'll get something out of that. <laughs> I don't know what's supposed to have happened between the end of this and say, assuming you do everything in this, not everyone will, but if you did do buy all the clubs and get all the real estate, like what happens between the five years between the end of this and Kiwami where you don't own everything anymore. Like Life happens, yeah. Leon. Presumably hard times <laughs> fell upon the Pleasure King. Yeah. So. Interesting. Colin Alonso says, Yakuza 0 was my fourth entry in the series and the previous game, Yakuza 5, was my personal high point. I was worried that the reduction in locations to two, both returning from, both returning from the fifth game and in playable characters, would mean a lesser experience. However, Sega did not skimp on the content, and the game still includes many great sub-stories and highly involved mini-games for both characters. Giving both Kiryu and Majima three distinct fighting styles, or four, maintained the varied battle styles of the two previous games. Despite my initial worries, I spent just as long playing Zero as I did Five, completing the main quest, the real estate quests, the cabaret club quests, the pocket circuit races, and many sub-stories. It became, and remains, my favourite in the series. If you dig it, you're probably really going to dig it. <laughs> Useful. Uh, prequel seeds are sown. We'll probably talk more about this in the Kiwami show again. We can talk about where it did and didn't work. Obviously, it was written years and years after the original. But it is worth saying that Kiryu and Majima only meet once. That's right at the very, very end. The outfits the two main characters are wearing in the final cutscene are their iconic outfits seen in the other Yakuza installments. Thanks, IMDb Trivia. A couple of summings up. Joe Bobonobo, Yakuza 0 was an absolute delight from start to finish, and the over 100 hours I spent on it just flew by. In terms of what I like in games, it gets everything right, and I'm kicking myself for ignoring the series for so long. Japanese GTA? No. Sega at its best. And Super User says, All in all, I'm happy to say that Yakuza 0 is one of my all-time favourite games. If nothing else, it never failed to keep me entertained, whereas many lengthy story-driven games like uh, RPGs have me dropping off after a few hours and never coming back. The sublime pacing really helped out here. A strong recommendation from me. Thanks, folks. We also have a ton of three-word reviews. Guess this game did all right. Starting with Charlotte. Simon Sloth says, no autosave. Ah! Worth mentioning that, yes. There is no autosave. It's kind of retro in that respect. Do remember to go to the telephone box when you've done anything important. Uh, Magical Isopod says, punching solves everything. Awesome Wells says, suplex onto railings. Rinse, wash, repeat says, breaker is OP. Atco INH says, Majima Melodrama Minigames. Uh, Joe Bobonobo says, Moshi Moshi, Nani? Mr. Flabio says, Bikinis and Balloons. Andrew Elmore says, Equipment Orange. Tom Hewlett says, One More Side Quest. Ian Mitchell says, Good Dominatrix Tips. Eric O'Toole says, Mysterious Musical Mobsters. Super User says, Chickens are Managers. Nugget. Alejandro says, Silly, Serious, Amazing. Sandre says, Seriousness amidst Absurdity. 
Peter says Saturday Night Fever. Peter Cleves says Yakuza. That's rad. <laughs> Brendan California says That Sega Magic. And Alex79UK says Dragon of Dojima. Brilliant. Thank you so much, everybody. Nice response. Guess people are playing this game. Uh, okay, let's summarise. As usual, I try to go where possible in the order of least positive up to most positive. I'm not sure, but uh, I think we'll start with Rich. So I think Yakuza is a game where I've had the most kind of conflict between what the general consensus of the game is and what my opinion is. And coming back to it and thinking about it and discussing it, I, I kind of realised that there's a really good game in there. It's just not a game that I enjoyed in particular. I think I probably put a bit too much expectation there. We've got a nine plus game franchise that I was really looking forward to and then just stumbled at the first hurdle. For me, what I'm sensing is that there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. So we've got like pressures in Japan and in that time and we've got elements of like xenophobia against the Chinese like I talked about earlier. We've got some kind of interesting discussions about sexuality in Japan at the time. I just wish it had a little bit more courage to try and explore those a bit further and I have some reservations that maybe the translation wasn't as sincere as you might find in the Japanese version, albeit I'm probably never going to get that answered. I think um, there's also a conversation there about some of the business machinations of the Yakuza at the time and the fact that it's not just all crime, maybe there's some, some way of supporting the economy or the kind of environment at the same point that the game just doesn't ever really touch on. I find the tone to be completely wild and it was difficult to move from some of the main plot to the, the sub-stories at the same time. And it's a really long game, and the story's just laboured at times. It's long, and I found it to be barely comprehensible at the best of times. But maybe it's just, just something that I'm struggling with. I think fundamentally what I really found a problem is that this game was just not funny to me, and, and it didn't kind of mirror any of my own humour. And while I recognise some of the subplots were supposed to be funny, it never really sort of raised a, a smile out of me. Ultimately, I just felt really disappointed. I think I should have loved it, and I think if I'd approached it at a different time, perhaps I would have. And maybe really the fact that I didn't enjoy it as much as I could have is more my problem than the game's. <laughs> well, I guess that's always the way if you look at it that way. But uh, cool. Thanks, Rich. I'm a little unsure how to sum up on this one. <clears throat> I went through another journey with this game. Um, I really, as with almost everything I with a video game, I went in hoping to love it. I meant to start playing the series years ago. I've heard enough good things about it to suggest that certain elements of it would be my bag. I love old school brawlers. I like RPGs. I like a good story if there is one. Um, and I'm not averse to games with difficult to like protagonists or you know, anti-heroes or or, or, or wild, uh, wildly disparate tonality. That said, the game I think did take a while to for me to gel with it. Um, as I say, I played just about fifty hours, and did yeah probably like thirty five percent of the game or something around that mark. Um, but by the end, yes, I probably could have played more if I didn't have all the other stuff for the show to go on to. And while I'm certainly not in love with the protagonist as much as the real fans of the series seem to be, um, I was interested enough in them by the end of the game and the story and the world that Sega uh, and the team here have created over, even just over this one game, without having played the others, to immediately install Kiwami, even though we're not covering it for several months yet. I was 
intrigued to immediately get back in to what was going to happen next. So I guess that's a really good sign. And even though I didn't do everything, I could certainly in a, in that scenario that I often talk about where there is more time and fewer games, I could imagine myself doing more of the sub stories, more, probably not more of the host head, hostess club stuff because it's not really my bag, um, either theme thematically or gameplay wise, certainly not more of the catfight stuff, but more arcade games, more sub stories, um, more pool, more bowling, all that stuff. Uh, but I know a lot of that stuff's going to come back in, in future installments. I can now see myself playing through the series and seeing, I think you know, the more you put in, the more you get out with a, a saga like this. So I do look forward to Kiwami and um, maybe we'll return to the series in future volumes of Kane and Rince. Charlotte. So I was a little bit worried that I've been quite, um, exaggeratedly positive about the game but it's just genuinely because I think it's a bit early to say but maybe by the end of the year I'll feel comfortable saying this is one of my favorite games ever yeah. um, if not my favorite game ever because it's just got all the ingredients that mean this this game is just really good like enjoyable for me personally like I have a, a genuine interest in I've read a lot of books on the Yakuza and um criminality in japan so i'm interested in the subject matter i find the story like the melodramatic gangster story that you see we see in um many sort of a lot of media that's not just about the japanese yakuza I find that very compelling and i felt like the story even though it was kind of went off the rails a little bit it was still always very enjoyable found the mini games you know you could pick and choose what you wanted to play and some of it was really captivating some of it wasn't but i could just shove it to one side yeah, the environment was just um, really engrossing. And the fact that you could flip between um, sort of Kanzai and Kanto was very interesting as well. And personally, I think that the localization work, given how bad some of the examples from maybe 10, 20 years ago were when just the effort and the, the love and attention just wasn't, it wasn't a thing that people did with video games. I just find that all this big soup of, of stuff is just fascinating. And so I think it's one of my, it's going to be one of my favorite games. And also I think it did a lot of very good work to lay the foundations for Yakuza Kiwami, which when we talk about that, I also have a very positive view about that game. Mm. Uh, we haven't really talked, just very quickly, we haven't really talked about Nishikiyama no. in this game. And he's a very sort of milk toast character at the beginning, yeah. but he becomes has a very gut-wrenching story and becomes a really important character in Kiwami. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it does a lot of very important work to set that up. And just the the, the final moments of the game uh, where it really does sort of link into Kiwami, I thought were fantastic. So yeah, I, I would definitely recommend playing this game and it's always available for a very affordable yeah, it's really amount cheap, of money. Yeah. But even mm -hmm. if it was... Yeah, even if it was full price, I would say go and get it because you're going to get your money's worth and it's just a fantastic game. Yeah, probably. I don't know why I'm asking this right at the end. <laughs> this is probably just because I don't know you as well and your taste, but I don't associate you with necessarily with beat-em-ups. Um, and obviously this is that that is a big chunk of this game, if not even though we, we've kind of accepted it's a mashup of genres. Is that is that something that you would have, have expected one of your favourite games to be kind of based around brawling i don't associate you with those with that genre so much not so much i mean beat-em-ups definitely not i mean i have i have played a lot of tekken in the past yeah. so there are sort of parallels but mm -hmm. 
really it's it's so accessible and it's so um especially the breaker style for yeah, majima right. it's just so intuitive that you don't need to have any background in playing things like i don't know streets of rage or something to have a really fun time with this game i think okay interesting cool let's uh, wrap up with leah I don't know what took me so long to get into the Yakuza series because this is, yeah, I think it might be that I was expecting something that from the earlier entries in the series, I was expecting something that it didn't ultimately turn out to be really. I think I was expecting it to be more uh, serious, I guess. And and it definitely has elements of that. Uh, um, But for me, this game everything about the balance of it just kind of works for me personally. Like I find myself getting extremely engrossed in the, the melodramatic cutscenes and just where the story goes and, you know, kind of f- for lack of a better term, kind of gasping when, when, you know, surprising things happen and just being really intrigued by the whole thing. But also there's a, there's a chicken named nugget and that's really funny and 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 a lot of the side missions and side stuff have not only humor hooks but also gameplay hooks which is a huge part of why i found the uh the hostess mini game to be so necessary to my continued survival in these trying and cuz you hate no, women I- yeah, I mean there is that. I I am I am pretty much a, a misogynist myself. Um but, uh but yeah, I mean just the silly parts and the addictive parts and the dramatic parts for me they fell into place in a way that really just grabbed me and um I I I don't know if this is one of my favorite games, but I think that Yakuza as a whole has the potential to definitely be one of my favorite series. Uh, And I completely agree with with what Charlotte was saying. I bought this game at full price and I would do it again. Mm. But you don't have to because it's frequently on sale. Uh, I think I don't know... um, I don't know if there are any current sales, and, and by the time this comes out, this yeah, probably it is will be, uh, in a current yeah, sale, but probably be, not by yeah, the time this but, comes but out. But you can find the, the point is that you can find it uh, very inexpensively uh, a lot of the time, and if you have an Xbox One and Game Pass, then I you have no excuse. Install you should it. really be playing this. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's worth a try, especially if you don't have to pay for it. So, um, but even if you do, I, I still recommend it personally, and uh, I am. I, I said at the beginning of this before in the green room that um, that the Pleasure King has issued a challenge and is waiting for me. So uh, we need to wrap this up because that's um, I, I got to go. <laughs> Best not keep his majesty waiting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we finally, after many years of threatening it among ourselves, if not to you, uh, covered one of the Yakuza games. What I will say is there was a lot of story in this game, most of which we haven't touched upon but i think there was a lot to cover in this one particularly Mm. but when we get into kiwami and beyond we've kind of talked a lot about the fundamentals of the gameplay and the and the layout of the game so we'll talk about the differences but hopefully that'll give us a bit more time to talk about uh, individual actual story beats and arcs and things like that Uh, whereas this one kind of there's a lot happens but it very much is getting to the point of the start of kiwami so uh, if you want to know more about the story, there's loads of great videos and things out there sort of dissecting. And there really is a huge kind of fan culture for the the, the fiction of the Yakuza series. So uh, 
you have to view this as more of an overview review situation. Uh, but anyway, remains for me, Leon, to thank Charlotte, Leah and Richard, as well as our correspondents. Excellent work, everybody. And to you for listening. And to tell you that next time in issue 410, I think we've all still got our bongos out. Donkey Kong Jungle Beat. You've been listening to the Canarins Video Game Podcast, part of the Canarins Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com slash for early, extended, and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at our website, canarins.com. Jan, 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 Jan,